Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is the Simpsons Index, episode 158. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot Cheroneal, and joining me in SideQuest Studios tonight is Phil Calloway. I have tiny socks on. And here as always, except when he's not wearing very colourful-ish socks, is BT Calloway. I have colourful socks on. Mm. <laughs> and I have no socks. Yeah. We have the entire spectrum here. Yeah, yeah. We're all levels of socks appeal. <laughs> and thank you for joining us for the Simpsons Index. This is a podcast where we wear socks or sometimes don't and watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, but there's a twist. Each episode must come from a different decade. Who are we sponsored by tonight? Tonight we're sponsored by Febreze. When you need to get the smell of dead rats out of your studio, Febreze does pretty good. <laughs> I can attest it does. Mm. Well, it does as good as smelling it as rats is. So mm. there you are. Yeah. <laughs> Covers the rats with a fine little orange musk. Mm. Ah, are you saying they're musk rats? Ooh. Ooh. Nice. Hey, it was early days. I didn't I didn't expect to peak that soon. <laughs> and we've still got two hours of podcast left. <laughs> and we just watched a uh, HD era episode. This was season 25, episode five, Labor Pains. First released in November of 2013. It was directed by Matthew Fornan, written by Don Payne and Mitchell H. Glazer. In this episode, Homer helps deliver a baby in an elevator and then becomes a sort of babysitter to it. And in the B story, Lisa helps the cheerleaders of the Springfield Adams unionize. Hey guys, what'd you think? It was like a fancy kind of vanilla where it's better than just normal vanilla, but it's still vanilla. Yeah, mm. this is one where the start of this, I was having a pretty good time getting a lot of decent jokes and they just did not know what to do with either plot line. Mm. And there's a point where it literally both just stop having conflict. Yeah. Uh, I was so disappointed because, yeah, jokes-wise, I was yeah pretty on board for this one, but I think, yeah, you put it best. They really didn't know what to do with the ball once they had it, and mm. once Marge's involvement in Homer's story got involved, uh, yeah. Yeah, again, all the conflict is gone. It's like, what is any of this now? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, let's hook into our review and uh, think about our thoughts. Wow, I'm really off tonight. BT, for better or worse, what stands out to you from this episode? Man, I've said it before, I will continue to say it because it continues to happen. HD Era has this annoying silence thing going on. It was really mm. noticeable at the start of this episode. And where I really noticed it most is, okay, there's a bit where all the cheerleaders are in the treehouse because Lisa's trying to unionize them and she's climbing up um, you know, the ladder into the treehouse and it's just dead silent. There's no transitional music. There's no sound of the cheerleaders all talking amongst themselves, being excited about the idea of protesting it's just quiet mm. and then she walks into the room and it's quiet and she just reads out some of their poster boards aloud it's like it's just it's the weirdest thing but it takes so much atmosphere and so much flow from the episode to there's no sense of movement or direction or anything it's just quiet and it's really pervasive and annoying yeah there should be lots of um rhubarb rhubarb peas and carrots and all yeah, that yeah exactly Definitely. i mean i thought you were first saying there was no like continuing music like there's not any kind of background I mean, the, music unless it's there's no poignant for well, there's no reason. transitional music for starters but okay mm. you can you can make that a stylistic choice there's just no background ambience mm. or anything it's very happens a lot in the hd era i don't know why because you know you'd think you just have access to a sound bank and just put that in how about you phil what stands out to you from this episode for better or worse for better or worse i this is kind of like a marker of trouble for me but the two millhouse gags at the beginning of the episode were hysterical i yeah. love where it's like 
wow, we're so close to the players, you actually hear what they're saying. And you just hear at this disembodied voice going, I'm going to kick your ass, Bill House. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that it just opens up so many unanswered questions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they're surprised when Lisa becomes like a junior cheerleader. He's like, I'm dating a cheerleader. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> Sick burn on you, Bill House. <laughs> that was, I mean, look, I think the first act of this was pretty good. Like there was some good laughs. Yeah. It was reasonably set up in the fact that it wasn't really set up at all. It just things just happened. I liked the quick gags around the poker table were pretty yep. good with Homer and the guys. And then once everything happened, it just yeah, they kept happening. They didn't know what to do with And it was point. kind of the same story. Like through a confluence of scenarios, Homer and Lisa both come into possession of people in their need. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. And then they help out when they probably shouldn't or have pushed too far to help out more than they should have. Then results in something. Yeah. Mm. So it was kind of like, it did really lose momentum mm. a good half way through. And when it lost all this conflict, there was no reason to keep things going. Yeah, because when Marge finds out about Homer, you know, sneaking off to look after this other family, she thinks that he's got a secret family and he's actually, you know, this is his baby with this woman for maybe a grand total of 20 seconds. Then he explains it to her. Then there's no more problem. Yeah. yeah. Days of our lives would drag that out for at least three years. Yeah. But also, like, the way that Marge found out, like, the episode was playing at, like, she thought for a second that this was Homer's secret family, that he was sleeping with someone else and had a baby. But you never got the impression that she really believed that. Yeah. Because Marge should have acted devastated if that was actually the case. Mm. Yeah, and it all happened so quickly, there was no time for anyone to draw any conclusions. As soon as he started going over to the baby's house to look after the baby... Like, you go, oh, you know what's going to happen is that Marge is going to discover it. Mm-hmm. The first thing he's, she's going to think is that he's had an affair and it's a secret second family. And that could be something that could really play off quite well. And even if you look at other episodes where Homer's led two lives where he's he bought Lisa a pony and he's working yeah. two jobs, that had, like, juxtapositions between the two and yeah. had funny trade-offs. But this was literally just watching Homer play with a baby for mm. you know half of that part of the episode, which is not inherently very funny. No. Or entertaining. Like, an adult watching a child is boring for the adult, let alone someone watching the adult. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah, there weren't really any good jokes made out of it either. Like, they really, like, stuck in a Simpsons Tapped Out reference. Like, Oh, that was fucking awful. You wouldn't place Tapped Out with a baby unless you were just doing it to promote the own fucking app on your show. And, yeah, the gag in the, it. Like, I think we actually said on a yeah. recent episode that... When they were making fun of Pokemon Go and suggesting it had egregious microtransactions, we're like, yeah. it doesn't. Tapped out did. Yeah. So, I mean, at least they acknowledged it in this, but this wasn't the place for that gag either. Nah. Like, and I can only pray to God that that was in there because the Fox Network executives went, hey, we've got a, sh- a really popular show and an app. We should a- advertise that. And their hands were tied and they were forced to do it because otherwise yeah. that was awful product placement for no reason whatsoever and then the other bit where was it when he was going i'm going to sing you a yeah a lullaby and then just sings him the the simpsons tune yeah, yeah. i'm like what sleep, the sleep, fuck sleep, is sleep, this sleep. yeah yeah it's like this isn't funny simpsons have never been good about being self-referential especially 30 years in mm. i just don't know why that's the gag that made it yeah but just speaking on this storyline and it's what stands out to me is that yeah, the lack of conflict in this episode because Homer's lying to Marge and saying he's doing overtime to go play poker with the boys. But then it becomes like a double lie because he's got this secret family. When Marge Cotton's on, there's something wrong. She already knows that he's going off to play poker. And it's just, I think it's really a testament to this episode's poor writing is that oh, yeah. it should have been this layered thing where 
she was discovering, yeah, his lies on lies. Yeah, because she was like, why isn't Homer here ogling these cheerleaders? And so it was like, oh, he had to go to work. At Friday, on a Friday afternoon, it's like, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of thought that was a good gag. Like, on a Friday afternoon, Homer's at work. Like, that kind of speaks to the laziness of Homer. Yeah, but I mean, she immediately then goes, I bet he's out playing poker again. Yeah, exactly. And she knew where poker was. Mm. Like, yeah. And so she went there straight away. Like, that could have been a really a good Marge the PI where she stalks Homer throughout the day and mm. sees all the ridiculous things and signs that he walks past and snacks that he has mm-hmm. throughout the day and then discovers him playing poker or yeah. babysitting this child. Yeah. Or she had discovered poker before and was like, makes him swear that he's not going to go play poker anymore. And then he's not, he's going to go look after this baby, but he's still sneaking off. Just he's like, yeah, prove that. yeah that could have worked. Yeah. There's something there. Also, what about all the money he won from poker? He doesn't come back with any enormous amount of riches. Babies are expensive. Oh, that should have been another conflict in it. And that, like, that's where all his money's going. And especially since earlier in the episode, Marge catches him at the supermarket buying all this baby shit that she never sees back home. Like, yeah, it's very mm-hmm. strange. And that he's never done yeah. before. And it's also, I didn't really like that bit where you see the scene play out where he tells yeah. Marge exactly what's going on and Marge hits him in the head with a baseball bat or rolling pit until yeah. it splits his head open and he bleeds. I know, that was weird. And then it like, pans out and that's just his thought bubble and then he's like, that's exactly what would happen. That's why I'm not going to confess to this thing that I'm doing and keep it all a secret. But he's saying that out loud to Marge as well. Yeah. Oh, look, there are so many thought bubble jokes in this episode. Like, yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, I like whenever those come up, I draw a little cloud in my notes. Like, just glancing at them, I can see at least five. Like, Jeez. yeah. But I will say I did like in that moment where he had the little disclaimer at the end, this vision brought to you by your brain, a subsidiary of your penis. Yeah, Which, that was all right. <laughs> man. Play Count, have you seen this episode before today? Somehow I seem to have only seen the cheerleader line and not anything else. So maybe I saw like half this episode somehow. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know I've seen this one before, but much like any HD era post-24, it's only a one-timer for me. But let's talk about some of the wacky moments of this episode. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? An elephant beats a lion with a gopher. <laughs> I liked that. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, I think we all got a solid laugh. That was a good one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting the gopher. Not at all. I was yeah. kind of hoping once the lion was unconscious, the elephant just starts eating it. <laughs> <laughs> Elephants are jerks. Don't let- <laughs> Stealing its keys. Is that a callback to Stampy? Because it looked very Stampy-esque, that elephant. <laughs> Some animals are just jerks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and oh, at that point I was like, all right, zoo humor, Zuma, I'm in for this. But then, yeah, the monkeys and the keys bit was there. Well, again, because we have no conflict at this point. Marge knows what's going on. She's all like, I don't want you hanging out with this other family anymore. And Homer's like, oh, but I've kind of grown a bond with this baby and also they need help. Actually, he didn't even say that. He was like, yeah, he no. wasn't even, oh, she's a single mother, shouldn't we help her out? It wasn't didn't even, even say that. It clear why Homer really enjoyed hanging out with that baby yeah. and not the baby that he owns. I don't know. Also, how, this baby is weeks old and is just now is at the stage where he's having a one-on-one fight with Maggie. Maggie's yep. and eating ice cream. A 30-year-old baby. Yeah. <laughs> How fast does this kid grow? Well, it's a bit difficult. Once it enters the time loop, there seems to be some kind of rapid acceleration and growth. And then it's and then nothing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because like Apu's kids as well. Yeah. Somehow miraculously older than Maggie despite being born after her. Time. What is it? I don't know. Yeah. A linear series of events that there's no getting away from. It says you Yes. <laughs> but yeah, this zoo scene was like, if you're going to have Maggie's stroll hurtling towards something, yeah, look, prairie dogs, funny kind of low stakes. And I do kind of like how disappointed the prairie dogs were that she didn't fall in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's dumb because they set up the fence at being a lot higher than it was in the establishing shot. Mm. So 
you never got the sense that Maggie Stroller was going to then go into it, and then when it finally does catch up, it's half as high as the Stroller, which means that the Stroller would have never fallen in anyway. And then Marge is just all of a sudden there. Yeah, I yeah. hate that too. And also, apparently, just watching that entire thing. like mm. It would have made more sense if she'd appeared out of nowhere and grabbed the Stroller. Mm. Then you would have been like, oh, Marge is here, rather yeah. than the situation resolves itself, and then Marge is like, can't hang out with this Homer baby anymore, Homer. Yeah, but it only just struck me then, because she just goes, oh, I don't want you to hang out with this family anymore. It's like, but because the baby acted out once, and then it's, she doesn't really say why, and what she could have just said was, this baby's growing dependent on you, and is now, not only you neglecting your own family, but the baby is now pushing back to get more of your attention. Yeah. So it's an unhealthy relationship, even though you're trying to do your best. Yeah. She's just like, no, nah, fuck this single mother, don't hang out with her anymore. Yeah. Which is exactly how she became a single mother. Mm. Got mm. fucked and then not hung out with. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's how it happens. Actually, speaking of this as well, this was an incredibly clean birth as well. I oh, mean, yeah. it always is in TV shows, to be entirely fair. Yeah, but even for TV, like, she was sitting up and kneeling right away. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't expect Simpsons to draw in the gunk and afterbirth and what all, but... Yeah, but at least, like, they didn't even cut the umbilical cord. That yep. kid's still no. attached to her. <laughs> Although, again, back to wackiness, I did like the, um, oh, yeah. they get to the end, it's like, she's like, I'm really glad I could share this with someone, and Homer's like, yeah, and that guy in the corner hasn't looked at us at all, he's like, was it, lobby please. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets reprised later of, you know what's weird, I'm actually a doctor. Yeah. No, and as a classic person that when I'm in an elevator, I just try to turn invisible and avoid all human contact. Mm-hmm. Especially if someone's <laughs> giving birth, I would definitely shrink into the wall. I'd be yeah. like, no, thank you. <laughs> I have no abilities in this. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, someone could have given birth in an elevator for all I know. That's just how much I turn on my ignoring everything. <laughs> and that's how you get rats. <laughs> yeah. uh, I do like the guy in the elevator. His, later on, his newspaper said, Apple buys Facebook on eBay. <laughs> well, it was a weird little sign gag to have yep. but, uh, no matter what even in the HD era sign gag writers are still killing it except in the credits oh that was ridiculous yeah, like why was run all the cheerleader puns that you can think of in terms of products mm. in the credits in the back it just seems like these are all the jokes that we thought were good enough to get in the episode but not good enough to be in the episode mm. and also it wasn't tied to anything either like if they'd Done, you know, as part of your unionizing and pay raise, you've got to put your face on a bunch of products, which, I don't know, could have been a bit of a commentary on, yeah, exploitative nature of media in America, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it could be a commentary on sport, exploitative nature of sports in America, because yeah. that happens with uh, a lot of college teams that then have video games based on their yes. likeness that they can't get paid for because they're not allowed. They, now, they can now. They passed, okay, no. they oh, passed the law. That's yeah. good to hear. But that just means they just won't make it based on their likeness. Yeah. But that could have been a story, is like when they're on strike from unionizing, they could then go into product placement, like a buttload more money, and yeah. then have come to the table with a lot more power. But didn't happen. No, it's just a shame because, yeah, this was really filler in an episode, the whole cheerleading stuff. And mm. that's the part of the episode I really didn't like that I don't think led to any good gags. I mean, beyond the burns on Millhouse, but that's yeah. Yeah, more of, about Millhouse. Out of its first act, yeah, there was nothing else really interesting or funny about any of the cheerleader stuff, which was a shame. It was, you know, Lisa taking power for someone, using her smarts to help people. Especially that's a plot line I like. Using her smarts for people who are traditionally not the smart end of the stick. And I really thought that story was going to go into. Feminist Lisa convincing them not to sell their bodies for men and money and a small bit of fame and to, you know, use their collective bargaining for something, something, something. Well, it's weird because they kind of hinted at the whole, you know, being ogled outside of their job with, yeah, all the... Webcams. Yeah, well, that and all the pervy men of Springfield coming to the treehouse at once. But then, yeah, it wasn't ever really a point. Mm. Yeah, it was weird. 
you could have run both those things together at the same time. Yeah. Mm. Like the sexual commentary or the, the objectification of women as their job. But also if you're going to be powerful and strong and not be, you know, if you're going to be ogled by men, you can't be also put under the thumb by men who are your boss. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different parallels. Yeah, there's you a lot there. you could pull from this idea and they just did none of it. Yeah, it does really feel like after the first seg, they were just all out of story ideas mm. and they kind of had a lot of colouring in to do and a couple of jokes <laughs> and that was just kind of <laughs> how it went. No, for real. It's, yeah, this weird thing where it's like we see a colouring in page that just gradually fades into being outlines, <laughs> but then... It's not even still a solid picture at the end. It just turns into squiggles. I thought it was more a question of how the writer's room worked. It's like, okay, well, I'm working on this script. And no, Johnson, you will finish this coloring book. Then you will work on your script. But it's a really long book. It's going to take all day. <laughs> Do it. I've never heard anyone told to, or even heard of anyone finishing a coloring in book. I mean, it's got to be a thing. <laughs> yeah, it must be. I was thinking there must be a great joke there to be like, what are you reading? Oh, I just finished this book. There's a coloring in book. All colored in. Yep. <laughs> I do I do mandalas to relax, but yeah, I still haven't finished one book yet. I See, almost they're time consuming. Yeah, even the Demi Lardner colouring in book, <laughs> which you can now buy on Demi Lardner's big cartel page, I still haven't finished that yet. You're staying in the lines at least, right? Well, I oh, think that's, God damn it. I think that's actually What do we pay you for? <laughs> well, first of all, I'm usually high when I'm colouring it in. But also I think it's against the nature of the Demi Lardner colouring in book to stay within the lines. Stay within the lines. True. All right, you get off the hook this I'm time. I'm going to ask O'Neil. who that is later on. Oh, you don't know Demi Lardner? I do not. Oh, she's my favourite. She's actually uh, the one who did that drawing that's on my foot. She didn't like do it on my foot. Oh, it's right, a okay. drawing that I the dog on a skateboard is upside down. Uh, it looks right to me, but because yeah. <laughs> I'm right. looking at it. Okay. Uh, yeah, its tongue spells out. Relax, you're doing fine. As all dogs do. <laughs> okay, that's something. How about the heart of this episode? Did you guys feel any bumps? There was. Minor bumps with Homer and Homer Jr. I said bumps, not bumps. Ha ha. Yeah, but again, we don't really know why. Like, if this baby was fulfilling a piece, like if it was like, my kids don't like me anymore. Here's a new baby that thinks I'm the world. Yeah, there. That's all you need. But it's just, why is he taking a shine to this baby and not his own? Or if it had just been this woman who's constantly like asking him for help, and he's like, okay, I guess you have no one else. Then again, but. Yeah, but he was just coming over his own volition and yeah. like giving them old baby stuff that he had. And that, like, he came to give them that crate of old nappies that Maggie doesn't use anymore. Yeah. But like the first time he went over, like, why? Homer's. Yeah, and she's all like, oh, can you watch the kid for an hour? And he's like, instead of saying, I don't look after my own kids, lady, bye. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what he would do to his own kids. He's mm. some reason, like, yeah, he goes, yeah, I'll babysit. Yeah. And it's as simple as setting it up with something like the kids kind of asking Homer for attention or not giving Homer attention. Mm. Like, if they went either way with that, it would have given it a bit more weight. But because neither Homer nor the kids are interacting and it's not like Homer's, you know, dogging the kids to go play poker, it's not set up strongly enough in those ways for that heart to mean anything. And, yeah, that she does call the baby Homer, uh, Homer Jr. Like, it feels more functional rather than meaningful. So they can finally get to call someone Hoju. Yeah, that's right. Which just makes you sad and just wish you were watching that episode again. Yeah, that's a really long callback or a very patient man waiting 20 years to call it something Hoju. But the fact that they like nail it um, so many times that Homer says Hoju so many times that, yeah. Mm-hmm. It could have been Stitch Face, but no. <laughs> uh, Stitch Face. Who's my favourite of children? <laughs> and speaking of the mother as well, did either of you pick the guest star for this episode? Mm. Jenna Elfman. <laughs> Danny Elfman. 
No, but I don't know how to properly segue from it. It was Elizabeth Moss who is fucking killing it lately. Wait, what's she from? And, and who's she? I know the name, I just can't put a face to is it. Is she also a comedian with a tattoo on your foot? <laughs> no, uh, she uh, was the receptionist in Mad Men, and oh, uh, she is right, one right. of the handmaids from that. She's Peggy. Yeah. And the Handmaid's Tale yeah. lady. Yeah, no, she's been doing very well for herself lately. So. Yeah, she's the main girl in Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, and she was in <laughs> Us as well. Mm-hmm. She was ultra white lady opposite Tim Heidecker, which was one of my favourite parts of that movie. I thought they were excellent in that. Yeah, no, they were. I'm going to go out on an internet ledge and Ooh. say that I don't think she's a very good actor. Oh! Ooh. From seeing her only in, what is it called? Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> I've only seen, full disclosure, I've only seen this most of the second season. <laughs> Not the first? No. <laughs> uh, he, he's engaged now, so he's, yeah, uh, I had to, I he's watching Patterns Have Changed. Yeah, I've watched a catch-up on the first season from some dude on YouTube. Very helpful. Mm. I've read the book. I've watched half the second season, or two-thirds, but it got so pointless and boring that both my fiancé and myself forgot that we were even watching the show. <laughs> and we were like, oh, what should we watch? I'm like, oh, are we watching anything at the moment? No, no. Oh, let's find this new show. And then we went two new shows further down the road. And then we went, oh, weren't we watching The Handmaid's Tale? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But in that whole season, most of what she does is stare watery-eyed off camera yeah. for large amounts of time. And then when she does say things, I find her unbelievable. Yeah, it was just a bad season. Yeah, oh, man, okay. not a bad season, though. Like, yeah, that's... I know, but it happens. Yeah, but, well, yeah, You I mean, know, like, does. say, season 24 but, of The Simpsons. Yeah, but, like, you can have a bad season, and like, but just her acting of things. She's either terrified, which isn't very often, even though she should be terrified all the time, mm. or stubbornly pig-headed and willful when she should never be because she has no control over anything. And then she's always just, like, staring, yeah, off-camera or into the camera for... 30 second brackets at a time because I think they've run out of words. Uh-huh. Well, they're off book now. so. But yeah, Elizabeth Moss, I mean, I've only ever seen the first half of the first season of Mad Men and you've seen the entire run. How'd she do in the back end of it? Of um, Mad Men? Ma- yeah, good. Yep. Good. She wasn't hamming it up. I didn't. Oh, John hamming John it up. <laughs> no, but she Who is wa- the only actor who should have No, she up. grew on me like Moss. Oh. <laughs> oh, so you were no Rolling Stone. I No. She's an right, Eli- Confucius. <laughs> She's an Elizabeth with an S, though. It, it looks weird. Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah, that's about the heart of this episode, but ultimately, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons with the characters behaving like themselves? In jokes, yeah. In plot, until they didn't know what to do with it, yeah. Yeah, for the first five minutes, sure. And then after that, no. Homer was very. Homer cared too much for no reason. Yeah. Homer's very altruistic. Marge was quick to anger and judging, and mm. also dumb. And also dumb. And, and like then, not compassionate at all. Like yeah, yeah. I don't even think she talked to whatever Elizabeth Moss's character's name was. Elizabeth, let's call that. Yeah. yeah, sure. Like did she have any words to her at all? Like didn't she say, you know you're keeping this man from his own family and she should have been all like, I'm really sorry, but he's been so helpful and I just don't know what else to do. And then compassionate Marge would be like, oh, well, I guess it's not that big of a deal. Why don't you come have dinner with us? It just, yeah, didn't make sense for her to be I feel like this has been a story point as well before. Something like it, I think. Mm, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, when uh, Poma has a daycare and he starts paying more attention to those kids than yeah. his own kids. Only that was fun. 
Yeah. <laughs> and it was set up that Lisa and Bart are feeling betrayed by this. And it's like, hang on, why is he do- He did never spent this time with us. And then yeah. they get jealous and they try to win it back. Whereas Maggie's jealousy felt really forced in it. Like, Well, Maggie was already not jealous because there's a scene where Homer's bouncing Maggie on his knee. And yeah, Thought Bubble, he imagines bouncing Hoju on his knee. Cut to Maggie and she's imagining being bounced by Ned. And yeah. it's like... So but he's already what... <laughs> doing the thing he should be. He's already being a father to her while she's dreaming of another father. So it's like, she already doesn't like you. Thought bubble gags in this episode, by the way. Yeah. And that she's thinking of Ned later and that she squeezes hard to get him out. Yeah. Yeah. That was bad. But yeah. I'm just thinking, was Bart even in this episode? No, except for that zoo scene. I don't think so. And the bit where he was all like, uh, stop calling it American football. It's just football. Yeah. And that was it. It's pretty strange. It seemed very empty in a lot of regards. Mm. By the way, just luck again. I picked this episode just <laughs> trying something from season 25, whatever. We haven't done a 25 in ages. That one. That'll do. Still find one with um, American football in it somehow. I appreciate it. And they, even though there were only two football-related jokes and they were both about head injuries. But yeah. I got them both. Because I knew this had a cheerleading subplot, but I didn't remember it was about football either. Like, no, oh, it was barely about football. It was literally the, only the stadium of which the episode was played in. Yeah. <laughs> but yes or no, would you watch this one again? Not unless I had to. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else to pull from this. Oh, I'd make, I would rip the Millhouse bit to make a gif out of it. Mm. That, that would be why I watched it. You know, honestly, I kind of want to watch it again because there's some of the jokes that hold up. But yeah, we're talking ultra distracted. Mm. I'm doing my Demi Lardner coloring in book or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. we'll call it a laundry episode. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> It used oh, to be hangover either. test, and now it's laundry no, there's, test. There's different levels. There's hangover, <laughs> then above that is airplane, then above that is laundry. Oh, you put airplane above hangover. Oh, wait, uh, you uh, go good. up instead of down. Wait, is hangover the worst? Is that the least amount? Hangover is like the least amount of attention I'm going to pay. Because it's likely you're going to pass out during yeah. it anyway. And right. the, But I'll still watch it. I, I'm not actively going to go and get the remote. Airplane is... It's good enough to pass the time when I have nothing else to do. And oh, then, see, I find... I mean, I agree with airplane, but airplane can also make it... Like, because you're so focused on it because there's zero uh, other distractions. Mm. This is like, if it's bad. Yeah, I suppose arguably air, airplane should be above laundry because like, that's when I want something just in the background. Yeah, I tried to watch Swiss Army Man the last time I was on an airplane mm. and I... Daniel Radcliffe? Yes, yeah. I just, just couldn't. <laughs> well, I, I also have a higher tolerance for bullshit on an airplane as well. Yeah, so that's like, what I thought. But then Swiss Army Man yeah. recalibrated all my bullshits. I was just wow. about to say that, but for X-Men Dark Phoenix. <laughs> because, yeah, we've been watching Game of Thrones lately because of our podcast, Thrones a Game. Check it out now. And I wanted to see how the woman playing Sansa in... Uh, Gen- Sophie Turner. Sophie Turner. How she did in, you know, a lead role X-Men. And she did great. The script was fucking garbage, though. Yeah, I've heard terrible things about it. Mm. Oh, it's worse than Apocalypse somehow. I don't- Apocalypse was so boring. Fine for a so plane, boring. Though. Yeah, fine for a plane. That's where I watched it. <laughs> I am. And he blurred out Olivia Munn's cleavage. <laughs> oh, that's still funny. Sorry, it's what? the it's the plane. That would be the whole reason I watched the show. I know. It's, it's the plane edit of the movie, and like her costume has this like little cleavage window, and Olivia Munn is not hugely stacked, so it's not yeah. like a gratuitous window, and it's still blurred out. It's like, really? What were we watching Why? the other day that had something blurred? Oh, uh, we're watching um Japanese porn. <laughs> also but <laughs> on top of that we're watching sex education on netflix oh um, yeah which is not bad for a, a high school teenage sex comedy comedy thing sure. but in the trailer for the show there's a bit where the girl one girl just gives two well double fin- 
Middle flips double birds. Flips double it birds. It sounded like you were censoring yourself yeah, as well. Yeah, I'm like, she goes, I was like two finger. fingers up. I'm like, that's not two fingers up. I'm like, <laughs> then I was like, I've never described this without uh, visual aids. Mm-hmm. Give me double birds. And in the trailer for it. Two I, turtle doves. They, um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> they blur out both the middle fingers. Mm. That's weird. <laughs> but in the show, they don't. Yeah. I'm like, but what is going on? Which is a weird, because that's an American standard to blur the fingers. and It's not Australian. Also, like, it's a television standard and Netflix is not television. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're not beholden to any ratings or like, parental broadcast yeah. guidelines because they're not broadcast. No. Yeah. And is someone really going to watch the trailer for something called Sex Education and go, I was so offended. I saw fingers. I saw two <laughs> fingers pointed in the upwards direction. While all other fingers were folded in. I mean, my word. And they were not the thumbs. I clutched my pearls so hard they dug into my chest. Yeah, exposing my gratuitous cleavage. Oh, no. I've offended myself. Uh, BT, what would you like to change about this episode? Just have any point happen. We've gone through a few ideas of how you can make these plot points actual plots, but just so nothing happens and there's no reason to care. So main one is have Homer have a reason to be hanging out with this baby because it just doesn't make sense that he is. And it's either out of, you know, a sense of responsibility because he helped to live this child or pity because mm. this woman's all by herself or maybe he's just getting something from this relationship that he's not, you know, getting from his own family, which is fine. That's just something, anything. And also just give Lisa's story a point. Maybe she tries to unionize them, but gets them all fired. But then they come to her and say, no, we found a new job. It's at a strip club. And she's like, but I wanted you to not be exploited for your bodies. And they're like, we get paid. We don't care. Yeah. You know, something. And then just any plot line for either of these. But no, both just ran out of steam entirely and killed what was an otherwise okay episode. I was having a pretty good time in the first 10, 15 minutes. And then. Pfft. Yeah. How about you, Phil? What would you like to change? So I got distracted by Ben's idea of Lisa having a unemployed hobo army of cheerleaders. And <laughs> I just went off I on mean, a tangent where I'm like, that's a great episode. That's a movie I will make. Imagine if <laughs> like Lisa has an army of do-good citizens who yeah. are all also cheerleaders. Because you have to realize, I guess now she's leading an army of everything that she's not, the popular pretty girls, and she's in charge of them oh as the brainiac. She, uh, that could be a pretty cool plot line. Wow. And she becomes like an evil G. Yeah. Oh, my brain hurts. And especially because they're cheerleaders using them to motivate. Like, they even had a glimpse of it where they're motivating grandpa. And Yeah, so have a, like, motivate academics or something. Yeah. Or, you know. That was a weird joke of grandpa. Like, if I'm a great generation, why are my shoes matching? No, no, what uh, the fuck he was said, this he joke? Said, doesn't he say, if this is heaven? Yeah. Why don't, oh, my, yeah. Why don't my shoes match? And no. it's like... That is a first draft joke. For a throwaway line that has no connection to anything, why would you go with Grandpa's old and not in heaven because he's wearing one bowling shoe and a slipper? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, I think I even wrote down, like, that's a poor gag. That is a placeholder joke that definitely had asterisks, asterisks, think of something better later. (laughs) Asterisks, asterisks. Like, why weren't they cheering Marge? She was already there. She'd be hanging out washing, and they're like, washing, washing, do it, fine, hang it out on the line. Hey, nice. That's well done. Have you considered a career in cheerleading? Apparently, making new directions for cheerleaders is like something I'm really good at. (laughs) So, (laughs) discovering new talents, man. Excellent. But in short, what I would change in this episode, Elliot, I would either remove 17 minutes from it, Mm. probably the back end, (laughs) Or I would walk into the writer's room with a giant foam bat and hit the writers and go, would you start to fucking care about the quality of your work yep. or get out? But, um, <laughs> now That'll be a fun position. You're sitting in the corner, foam bat. <laughs> oh, no, I kick down the door. And I just do it. While I yell while I'm assaulting them. I mean, not assaulting them. Cheering them on. Mm. <laughs> with a bat. <laughs>
the editor's just sitting there reading the script and go, are you sure this is your final script? And the other guy's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Just pushes a button and just says, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a great, a great series on YouTube when YouTube was young called mm. Terry Tate Office Linebacker. And it was a guy who was a retired American football player who had been incorporated into the, the office workplace as basically a workforce motivator. Yeah. And it was like, if you put shredded paper in the wrong paper bin, like you would just get creamed by a guy tackling you running down the hall. It was. <laughs> I highly, highly recommend you check it out. It's awesome. I honestly think I've seen that. Um, yeah. And look, as for what I'd like to change, I'm kind of interested in what Marge's involvement with this other person should be. Like, maybe it's even a bit of, okay, Marge discovers the thing. She's mad at Homer initially, but then... She gets into her motheringness and then mm. overbearingness with this other kid. And then it's Homer and Marge are becoming the new parents of this other kid and kind of pushing the original mother out, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just looking for more conflict to oh. happen in this and then episode. Their kids and the single mum could gang up and form a rival family. There we go. <laughs> oh. And then they all rumble. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like the wrestling kind of rumble. Mm. I mean, I, I should always remember that every time you think fighting happens, it happens West Side Story. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're here. Phil, do you have any other notes? I do like that at the beginning when Lisa comes out and says, ah, Millhouse is taking me to the American football game. She's reading a book called Pretending to Like Football by <laughs> Mrs. John Madden. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. Uh, that was good. pretty good. I like any reference to John Madden. <laughs> Boom. Um, I want to see the, her video game for that as well. <laughs> yeah, just hit the SD button. <laughs> Tolerant football wife, Madden. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting, dear. Tell me more. Um, I like that Homer requested a banana for breakfast mm. and then took the banana out and put bacon in the banana skin. I wrote bacon bouquet. Yeah, I bacon wrote bouquet. bacon anna. Mm. Oh, I just wrote bacon in banana. I remember it could be more Calming down the stairs Burn And then yeah can, Follows it up with the Orange Juicing it And then putting Hershey's syrup in it uh, that, Oh it was, I thought it was um, Bosco <laughs> Maple syrup <laughs> Don't even know what Bosco is Is that like a Grandpa joke uh, No it's a Seinfeld Yeah oh, Well I'm, uh, I'm sure yes, That's sorry. based on a real product gotcha, but I don't gotcha. know. Mm-hmm. Did anyone see the picture I don't know what American Senate deliberations Or something was happening But there was one like Governor or whatever That just brings a bottle of Hershey syrup and just like swigs it occasionally. <laughs> Jesus, it's, that's got to be the South. But no, like I mean, you hear of weird shit that happens in you know mm. House of Representatives and Senates and whatever of you know guys wearing diapers so they, they can fill a buster without mm-hmm. needing to go to the bathroom. But yeah, somehow bringing a bottle of Hershey syrup to swig occasionally because is at weirder. least the yeah. diaper thing has a purpose. Yeah, <laughs> why is this guy sculling syrup? <laughs> Tastiness. I mean, yeah, but uh, yeah, a lot of questions. There are yeah. a lot of questions. Uh, what else have I got? Homer says, all right, I'm not going to stay here and take all your money. Then he takes their Subway sandwiches and beer when he leaves mm-hmm. the poker game. Yeah, and I like how he takes the candle in this moment as like, because Homer's like a petty thief. Yeah. But then it comes, comes back again handy, yeah. A, yeah. in the elevator. I think that was actually a really good plot move. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did like the line where the girl starts to give birth. And Homer goes, this reminds me of that movie Aliens. <laughs> and she's like, like, the bit at the what? end? Yeah, a bit at the end where they walk out with the cat. Yeah. Um, that is nice. And then Homer goes, I don't know how to tell you this. Your baby's been born without any arms or legs. <laughs> and she's like, what? He's like, oh, wait, there's more. Yeah. Oh, and then this moment as well, he goes, oh, he's uncut. Very European. It's like, oh, yeah, wow. There nice. we go. Simpsons made a circumcision joke. Yeah. I'm sure there's one somewhere. Must have been, yeah. But that seems like a weird place to do it. Mm. Uh, I've got, no, sorry, I was just trying to figure out what this my handwriting was. I thought it was <laughs> swaps guns there, sing, sing, boing. <laughs> <laughs> what it actually says is Simpsons theme song singing boring. 
Yeah. <laughs> How about you, BT? Any other notes? Yep, uh, I do like Mo's line of, whew, this game's getting a bit too rich for my blood. I really shouldn't have antied with my blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got like two packets of his own blood in this pile. And it was one where they told and showed, but again, zoom past, nice and quick. Yeah, yeah exactly. Very good stuff. That was fine. Um, collective Bargaining Rocks, just putting that out there. And they uh, mentioned the capybara in the Uruguay. zoo. Yeah. Google capybara friend to all. It's adorable. <laughs> it's just all these animals just being friends with the capybara. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll show you in the break. Oh, that sounds delightful. Yeah, and also, if you haven't hit, found the memes that are coming out at the moment, it's foxes and badgers being friends. Yes. I saw one of those. Like They were out on a hunt together. And... <laughs> yeah. I saw one where like they're... Uh, maybe it's coyote. I think it's a coyote. coyote. Yeah, I saw that too. The coyote's like waiting to go into this storm drain and he goes like, yes. starts walks in, he comes back out and he's like, come on, uh, dude. Come on, come on. <laughs> and this little badger's like, wah, 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 wah. and they <laughs> both just toss off into the dark like freaking um, Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. Just having little adventures. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a Nickelodeon cartoon that writes itself. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's just Rocco's day out, but yeah. not. <laughs> and it's time for my final notes. Now it's time and now it's time for his final notes. Elliot's, Elliot's final, final notes. Another thought puddle joke, Homer remembering the Lamar's class. I'm pretty sure he was about to take a shit before they cut away from yeah. that. Yeah, it did seem like it. Also, why couldn't that just been a flashback? Why Why do they persist so hard in thought bubbles in this episode? Mm. Once they put it in a cloud, they think it's was funny. It just, maybe it was just like a new technology had come out in their animation software, and they're like, we've got to use this thing. We paid $5,000 for it. <laughs> the Thought Bubble Pro. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, there was another one, yeah, the Jesus's Tell as oh, well. Yeah. Jeez, there are a lot of yeah. thought bubbles in this. Told you. Oh, the baby's named after me, and now it's not just a law preventing air horn use at 3am. <laughs> I like that joke. The misdirect with Marge hearing outside the door, oh baby, oh baby, shake it. Yeah. Now roll on your tummy. Mm. Yeah, that's weird. And Marge saying, oh, I'm a Schwarzenegger wife. Again, it's leading to this whole thing where there's no way for a second she believed that Homer actually had another family. Mm. She would not act that way. I thought I did note a strange poop on your collar. I liked that joke. Yep. And we haven't really mentioned it. Yeah, the army guy, Dad. What do we think of that whole... Uh, the deus ex dad. Yeah. Just kind of... Dada. Deus yeah. ex dada. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just shows up and everything's fine in the end. Like, it's really... it's. I'm just going to make up a term. It's the cork that closes the bottle episode off, so none yeah. of this will come back to bother anyone ever yeah. again. Yeah. And it just feels like that. And it's like, oh, Lance has come back. It's like, who's Lance? Oh, the baby's father. You didn't tell me he was in the army. You didn't tell me. Like, it was just... Explanation, explanation, no explanation. That holds up the I, end. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it all makes sense. Anyway, here are the credits. do 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 mm. And it's time to rank this thing. On the Simpsons Index, we rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was just... You give it a participant, but for the positive rankings, you got OK Bronze, Good Silver, Excellent Gold, but for the best of the very best, you give Cubic Zirconia. I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. I'm going to enact the mm. BT clause yep. and say a participant, but I may want to blurt something else out later because I am actually on the bronze border because of the strength of the joke telling in this mm. episode. But I don't quite know yet, but I think participant Phil. I'm pretty much in the same place. I was going to participant it, but I think that the memory of I'm going to kick your ass, Millhouse, <laughs> is going to make me laugh at least twice more this week. And for that, I'm going to bronze it. 
All right, and BT, finish it off. Yeah, very similar. I'm a little more confident in saying a participant, just because while I really like the jokes at the beginning of this one, the fact that they didn't even know what they were doing with their own plot, and it just just circled the drain and then ended. Um, it sucks, because I was having a pretty good time for a while there, but the fact that I'm not really interested in seeing this again put, puts it at a participant. Yeah, it really dove off a cliff about yeah, five minutes in. really, it? really sad. All right, well, averaging out, this will be a shiny participant. Sounds right. Mm-hmm. First episode from season 25 to be given this honour, but it'll be joining other HD era episodes like Dangers on a Train, which is another one where it's like Marge thinks ho- Homer's cheating. Oh, wait, no, that's when Marge accidentally signs up to the Ashley Madison-like website. Oh, fuck yeah. That happened, Ooh. didn't it? Uh, what's one we reviewed with you, Phil? Oh, Love is a Many Strangled Thing, where... Homer learns the badness of strangling his kid and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and a Paul Rudd therapist. Oh, that was fucking bad. Help train him out of it. Elementary school musical featuring the flight of the Concords. Mm-hmm. The Bob Next Door where Sideshow Bob does like a face-off thing where we see his face come oh. off. Also recently reviewed Million Dollar Maybe where Homer mm. wins the lottery but must keep it a secret from his family. Yeah. Why yeah. does he have to keep it a secret from his family? Guess he was meant to be at a wedding with Marge at the time that he won and he, when he bought the ticket and didn't want her to know that he ditched her even though he had a million dollars and it's not good. And then when he was trying to um, get back to the wedding in time after buying the lottery ticket, he fell off a cliff not before meeting a one-time character written by mm. a fan of the show. That oh, was just like the what? worst character imaginable. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, well, that sounded intriguing and the more you said things, the less yep. I wanted to know about it. Mm. Ooh, also intriguing, but the more we say things, the weirder <laughs> it gets. Angry Dad the Movie is also a shiny participant. Ah, with uh, Academy Award winner Bart Simpson. Academy Award winner Bart Simpson. What the fuck are you talking about? He wins an Oscar in that. So, from that point on, I anytime like I'm he... taking crazy pills. Pretty much. From that point on, anytime <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm the dumb kid that's not going to go anywhere. It's like, you have an Oscar and you're 10. Yeah. <laughs> you're still 10, yeah. All right, well, that about does it for the HD era. Now we're moving on to the teens era where we're going to review Pray Anything. Do either of you know what this episode is based on title alone? Does someone hold up a boombox in the rain? Yeah, it would have to be. Because <laughs> uh, John Cusack kind of owns that. Mm. Does somebody make a list of things that they don't want to do a- as a job? Does somebody once told me the world is going to roll me? God damn it. Podcast cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, <laughs> we can die! <laughs> And we are back, and we just watched our Teens Era episode. This was Season 14, Episode 10, Pray Anything. First released in February of Ought 3, it was directed by Michael Polcino, written by Neil Bouchel and Sam O'Neill, no relation, in this episode. Homer learns that if he starts praying for stuff, he gets stuff. And he ends up getting the deed to a church when he sues them for injuring himself on site. Hey guys, what'd you think? It was much more consistent. Yeah, it was... No, I didn't really like it. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was okay. I think, what era was this? Teens. Teens era. So, what, late 90s, early noughties? First released in Ought 3. Oh, yeah. I should have listened to that intro. (laughs) All the information was right there. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. It Hmm. felt like an older Simpsons, and I think maybe the jokes weren't as fast and furious as I prefer, but there were some funny bits. I had a lot of fun in this episode. I just think it really tanks at the end. Yeah, they, they definitely wrote themselves into a corner. Yeah. Well, I mean, just the ending just felt so first passy, but there was, and just may as well, this is what stands out to me for better or worse, the ending where it's like the bonfire that created clouds that caused a storm, and I'm like, that wouldn't happen. Oh, wait, 
It <laughs> literally just did in Australia. Yeah, but that wasn't a bonfire. That was half the country on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the, the fire didn't cause the storms. Mm. Well, I mean, it is the thing that, yeah, all the excess smoke from the bushfires caused a lot of storms, but unfortunately they weren't rainstorms. They were dry lightning storms, which caused more fires. Yeah. And it Perfect rained circle. ash, but rain ash is not rain. Mm. Yeah, it's more it's R-E-I-G-N, ash. Mm. Like the Slayer song. Rain and ash! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Slayer, one of my favourites. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like Slayer. Yeah, so it was a not a great ending. I feel like they really rushed towards the finish line in this one, where I think the story in this one was pretty well paced up until the end. Yeah, and just bing, bam, boom, we're back to zero. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right though. I think they did just paint themselves into a corner. But like they're at the the tail end of the third act. Homer still owns the church. They're in a flood now because they've decided that's the thing that they want to happen. Yeah. And then how do you get out of that scenario? They. I don't think Simpson had invented the. This is how the world is now, and goodbye. Yeah. And then reset the next episode. Mm-hmm. They had to like try and bring everything back in that episode, and that's I and guess then, kind of an okay way of doing it. And then the church was returned by no, let's say. Mo. Yeah. <laughs> no, it fully was one of those endings, but it, it really didn't need to be that extreme. Like, mm. it's just kind of weird that all of a sudden the town is two stories tall flooded. Yep. And and then it goes away. Yeah. Oh, and Ned decides to be Noah all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, and where does he yeah. go? Like, he takes a boat with yeah. two of every male animal because mm. no hanky-panky. Why was he in the car if he knew it was going to flood as well? Yeah, why didn't he be in the boat? Why was the car? Why was the boat on a trailer? And then he drove it off. Yeah. He drove a boat off in a flood. Yeah. Why does Ned not know the end of the Noah's Ark story, which says that God will never flood the earth again? <laughs> By a lane or corner? <laughs> uh, I think those rules only apply to pre-Colonel Sanders being in heaven. Uh, and once he's done that, it, all bets are off. It's, it's like the Old New Testament. It's the real BC before yeah, Colonel. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well played. And AD uh, after Dominoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know I legitimately an ex girlfriend many many moons ago who was Christian. I got in an argument with her about what AD stood for. And I'm the one that was saying it was Anno Domini. <laughs> no, I actually don't really know. As I made that joke, I'm like, I don't know. Well, it's just funny that, yeah, her as a Christian thought it was after death. And it's like, oh, come on. That's like, no, there's 33 years in between that. And it's the primary school answer. Yeah, for real. How about you, BC? What stands out to you for better or worse? I'm going to throw to my favorite joke of this entire thing, which is <laughs> Arnie Pie being furious at Kent Brockman again. This is like the second one we get when, you know, uh, again, it was one where Homer's looking after kids and like absconds with them from the good guy awards or whatever and he's like i can't see through metal kent yeah <laughs> here he's just flying around like honey you're supposed to be looking at people dealing with the loss of their church oh how am i supposed to do that with some kind of camera that can see into their souls well i could look at yours it'd be black kent black as the ace of spades like <laughs> yeah, they're just so out of nowhere and ranty yeah. and amazing i love it no the anger of a man who's cooped up in a helicopter <laughs> yeah the thing that I loved about this, and in this moment I thought, okay, what's different about this and Wiggum and Lou Corner, which mm. is a point of contention for us. We rarely ever like Wiggum and Lou getting snippy at each other. And I think I've figured it out. Like, you know, uh, the root of why this snippy relationship is better than that one is because there's urgency with this one. Yeah. Kent is on the air. Arnie's forgetting that he's meant to be on the air and they need to rush away from it. So there's a sense of urgency with wrapping up the thing. Whereas Wiggum yeah. and Lou, it can drag out for so long. And first of all, they haven't played it as many times. I think maybe exactly. there's three. There's like that, the other one I just mentioned, 
and then the one where it's like, Arnie, what the viewers really want to know is how's my house doing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think it's just because there's also a real world parallel to this for, I think, you know, small news towns like asking their weather guys what kind of things they can see out there. And it's like, what, what do you want me to do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what am I supposed to be doing? Right? Literally <laughs> using helicopters to search for content. Yeah, just look for people looking sad on the street because their church is good. What a fuck you, Kent. Yeah. People wailing in their backyards. Mm-hmm. There is an amazing news blooper thing from a similar thing where there's this old guy and he's like out doing a field reporting thing and he's not doing a great job. And I the guy I've in the studio is like, oh, can you like do your job and ask a question? He's like, well, look, I've been a journalist 30 years longer than you. And he's like, well, I'm at the news desk now. How did you end up out in the field reporting? And <laughs> yeah, no, that's I think amazing. He, I think he goes, uh, the guy in the field is all like, remember when I used to be your boss? I do remember that. Yes. How did that work out for you? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's actually, there's an episode of Crack TV by our good friend Michael Swain. Uh, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. I think it's like, you know, seven public news meltdowns or something yeah. like that. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm look it up. How about you, Phil? What stands out to you from this episode for better or worse? Actually, just while you're thinking of that, again, another accidental NFL reference in this one where Homer thought he was bought tickets for the WNBA, but bought tickets for the WNBA, NB, what's the football? WNFL. Yeah, with the Sheagulls versus the Cowgirls. Yeah, although I do want to say a uh, quick little Jordan, sorry, quick little Jordan's anal corner. <laughs> oh. I forget that we don't shout it anymore. Wait, what's happened? Why isn't there shouting? We kind of hit peak shouting <laughs> and now we uh, do it quiet and classy. We'll get back to shouting. Yeah, it'll, well. it'll arc around again. Ebbs and flows, you guys. You just never stop. Do shouting you? is a flat circle. So, <laughs> Yeah, where if Homer had the same seat number as Ned, wouldn't he be sitting in that seat anyway? Because yes. he had the oh, wrong yeah. day, but he still went to the right. Maybe he also had the wrong venue. Maybe. Because mm. I don't imagine football and basketball played in the same place. Yeah. <laughs> Very different size fields. <laughs> Very different field material as well. Very different field material. <laughs> Cleats on a basketball court. Ouch. Although there wasn't really anything stand out to me. I did kind of hate the really long Ken Burns doco joke. I thought that felt very boring and just very dated. Okay. Mm. But that was probably from 15 years ago, so maybe that's why it's dated. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of why it did land with me, and I think it's because... I had to study Ken Burns' jazz documentary a lot when I was in high school, so I've got kind of a bit of a, I don't know, loving knowingness of Ken Burns' material, so, like, jokes yeah. about him are, like, eternally funny to me. You have Ken Burns' jazz on DVD. <laughs> yeah, and, like, because of that, I've, like, watched his uh, Vietnam documentary, which, amazing, by the way, mm. like... And yeah, just the things. I've never even been to a baseball game. It gives me hives. <laughs> the fresh air. Gives the fresh air. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was just for me. I think it was just the repetition of the word Ken Burns seven times in it. Yeah, minute. It Ken like, Burns as Ken Burns presents a Ken Burns documentary about Ken Burns. Yeah, yeah. I, and then, I, I get where you're coming I from. I was just like, I was like, uh, wasn't really. I didn't find this that funny. Like as a passing reference, Ken Burns documentary on Ken Burns called Ken Burns. Fine, that's a good joke. Mm-hmm. But then to dwell on it as much as much, I did. And then to interview Ken Burns on Ken Burns with Ken Burns. Well, it's that thing again I know where I'm doing it. the reason this is here is to be boring for Homer. So we're watching a character watching something boring. To Phil's point, though, he finds the remote and the joke is still going. Yeah. Whereas when he found the remote, he should have immediately. So, yeah, I get it from that perspective, yeah. too. Oh, I, just mm-hmm. thought, I thought it was a little bit too long for what it was supposed to be. And sure. find me an interesting way to show me a character bored. Don't also bore me. I don't want to be your, your friendly fire boredom. Yeah. Mm. Well, if you want to be entertained, check out eight local news segments gone horribly wrong. Crack TV <laughs> by Michael Swaim, friend of the show. <laughs> Thank you for that inter-show plug. <laughs> You're welcome. Also, Febreze. When you want to smell <laughs> less bad, 
Febreze. <laughs> what kind of scents does Febreze come in? <laughs> they come in all the fragrances. <laughs> All of them, <laughs> right, well. I suppose. Uh, it must be a danger if you're going to uh, the shops to cover up the fragrance of dog poop in your home and then you accidentally buy dog poop for breeze. <laughs> Whoops. Oh. <laughs> That's a good old-fashioned zero. You can uh, solve that problem with more for breeze. Or mm. less dogs. <laughs> um, I did like the opening joke of, oh, Homer, it was so nice of you to take us to the WNBA game. Yeah. And Homer sits down with a big pot of nachos and he's just like, nachos is nachos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a sign out front as well, WNBA, courtside seats, 30 cents. Oh, mm. So much ragging on women's sports, though. No, it's they're not like... ragging. They're not saying it's bad. They're saying that people don't give it the credit or money that it's worth. Mm. So I do really like Lisa's line as well, where she's like, oh, it's such and such player. She said little girls everywhere. They, they could grow up to be six foot five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the guest stars for this episode, oh, as well as Ken Burns, he was playing himself, uh, Lisa Leslie, who... Um, apparently they went through a lot of uh, female basketballers who said no given the material in this episode but Lisa Leslie was up for it and I'm glad because especially her back and forth with Bart I really enjoyed that the grammar thing yeah yeah especially verbose way of like yeah I'm surprised that many people are opposed to it it's not like offensive yeah I mean I know what the WNBA pays and they need that money yeah much less than the MNBA. Yeah. It's Correct. not like it says, you, you know. You always say men's netball <laughs> association. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not like it says, you know, courtside seats, 30 cents, because that's what you deserve. It's just, it's ripping on the fact that it's not getting the funding that it needs. Yeah. You know, or at least that was my takeaway as a learned scholar of The Simpsons. One of my favorite whole things with the, like a women's division of a sport that's like more commonly associated with males is like, they have to call it AFLW because if they put it as women's AFL, it'd be waffle oh. <laughs> i'd go to the waffle ball i don't think you would want to go watch geelong jets play the no, if they had waffles Adelaide frankenstein's waffle ball <laughs> if they had waffles no. they could trick me into believing they did as long as there's not a blue team play count <laughs> have you ever watched this episode before tonight i think i might have seen it once i'm sure i've seen it the tons at least perhaps the thrunts yep. or the quants Yeah, I've seen this episode a bunch. I was talking about season 14 on Twitter recently. Our friends at Simpsons Brackets are at it again. They're doing a tournament to determine the best season. And my role in this this time has sort of been sticking up for the lesser seasons. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, season one, of course, is better than season 20. But, you know, here's some gems from season 20. And I'm saying, you know what? Season 14, great background season. Mm -hmm. Laundry, practicing guitar, playing a video game, you know. Mm -hmm. And because of that, yeah, I've seen this episode a bunch while doing other things. (laughs) How about the wackiness? Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? Uh, When their drywall cracks, it shows uh, Washington crossing the Delaware. Ah. For some reason. Yeah, just yeah. because. And then Maggie is hiding inside the drywall. And I have a love hate for you was hiding in the drywall. Yeah. Because I like I like the delivery, but I don't like the joke. Yeah. It comes back to my theory that, you know, when a baby or an animal is in peril, they should be sort of oblivious to the danger for the joke to work. Mm. That she had coughed up drywall and probably has drywall in her lung is kind of upsetting to the joke, I reckon. Yeah. Also, she was in the drywall. Mm. Does that mean she was in the wall beforehand? Yeah. And if so, she why? Got bricked inside. You know, mm. drywall. Yeah, how? Brick. Whatever. They didn't put up the drywall <laughs> what recently. What am I, construction guy? Yeah, what were some other, other wacky things? Oh, Mo loves Swish, the mm. basketball mascot, which is sexy legs on a giant basketball, mm. which then reveals itself to be good old Gil. <laughs> Gil apparently has some gams. 
Mm. Yeah, absolutely he does. And Mo <laughs> then proposes to him, going, why don't you put the top back on and we'll just both pretend you're a lady. And <laughs> well, he's like, for how long? <laughs> yeah, the rest of our lives. And that's that's quite a rock he just carries around with him. Yeah, it's enormous, especially <laughs> to give it to a person who he's never seen the upper t- from the crotch up of. <laughs> yeah, there's some interesting implications from that. Yeah, mm. that was. I feel like that's a much different joke nowadays than it was back then. But um, I kind of like it in the sense that, you know, Gil is always going to be this guy who's doing the lower level jobs, you know, when Kirk's not available. Mm-hmm. And the idea that he couldn't get a job anywhere else in the stadium, but they were like, I like your legs. <laughs> yeah, that's mm. fine. I just don't, I just, <laughs> some ace pins you I got just there. feel like the normal reaction would have been for Mo to be like, ah, you're actually a dude. Not to be like, no, I just pretend you're a lady. No, Mo's woke apparently. Mm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's like, you know what? Never thought so, but I know what I'm attracted to. <laughs> and it's... You awoke something in me I never knew was buried. <laughs> yep, fair enough. <laughs> uh, I do like when Ned makes the half court shot for $50,000. He goes, I'm going to donate this to Bibles for Belgium. Yeah. <laughs> as if Belgium is in dire need of money for Bibles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I meant to research that. I'm curious if there's anything more to it. Mm, I, th- I think it's alliteration. Mm. And we got an accidental Rich Texan playlist in this one where he loves his Flanders generosity so much he gives him a check for double. Mm. Yeah, I didn't. Again, I think the crazy Texan, like, it was fine. He's going, oh, I, I love your generosity. Here's double the check. But then for him to go, I'm crazy about anthropology. And then just like runs away going. It's weird that he didn't have the guns in this moment. Yeah, but it's also weird that that's what happened. He could just say, I think philanthropy, not anthropology. No, well, I mean, if you want your people to be alive and not dead, then fine. <laughs> also, like, the wackiness of all the praying as well, and that Homer gets his way, that, yeah, the Ken Burns documentary was then preempted by the Monkey Olympics. Yeah, I mean, who's banana? You got to peel to get a 5.9. I like that, yeah, it was referenced again later that Carl had, like, strong opinions on <laughs> <laughs> this event. Well, he actually said, man, did you see the Monkey Olympics? Yeah. <laughs> I did like Homer praying to make a new delicious taste based around Quinn and Sanders and is oblivious to the accident that he causes that combines fudge and bacon. Pre-cooked bacon. bacon. And I love that the bacon guy slams on the brakes and he's like, ah, fudge! And then rams into a fudge truck. Oh, yeah, right. I'm kind of down with that. Oh, there were two misdirect swears in this episode then with, yeah, Reverend Lovegoy. Uh, Love <laughs> That's a different religion. <laughs> Lovegoyam. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Holy shining light. That was good. Yeah, that, that was yeah, I religion. did like they relocated to Barney's Bolorama. And I really liked what he was saying about the pin on lane number 15 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, any other things to say about the wackiness? Oh, yeah. Ned says he flosses between his teeth, tail, and toes. For someone that doesn't believe in evolution. <laughs> just uh, by tail, does he mean he wipes his butt? Does With... he floss his butt? Yeah, I think he flosses just, his butt. I, how else do you... How do you floss your toes? I, I mean, it's easy. So you I mean, just get floss just, and just you seems, push it between the toes. Seems very ineffective. Yeah, I've got less questions about the toes than I do the tail. Yeah, <laughs> the butt is the bigger question there. Yeah. The toes it's... are at least physically easily doable. Yeah. Because, just... yeah, the tail either implies that he has a tail mm. or he is Flosses not... his butt. <laughs> or he's not wiping. He's just flossing. flossing. I suppose if you unrolled a big bit of toilet paper and then... Technically. Then you could floss with that. You don't have to technically floss with... It's too brittle, though. 
Well, the mechanics. Might need to like fold it over a few times to give it a bit of. <laughs> and if you're <laughs> like someone that does this a lot, maybe you have like unperforated toilet paper. Ooh. Oh yeah. Oh, like you got the big rolls from like keep the tensile strength. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That. that oh, makes maybe sense. you've got hooked up to like one of those old school <laughs> buffer things, like you know the weird, <laughs> the weird things that women used to stand in yeah, to like yeah, jiggle yeah. themselves. Yep. Yeah. But it's just just feeds a roll of toilet paper, and you just sit there. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Except yeah. Except it's uh, strapped up vertically. All yeah. right. I think we've solved this. Yeah. Well, Oh, or you just lie down and it takes care of you sideways. Rem- <laughs> remove my comment from the wackiness and put it in the discovery section. Yeah, yeah put it into patents we have invented. <laughs> you look now, people will be getting rid of their bidets and <laughs> getting butt flosses. Butt flosser! I oh, see, just for the yelling, it's worth it. <laughs> look, this is a very wacky Teens Era episode. There's probably more to go over, but how about the heart of this episode? Did you guys feel the bu- bumps? Uh, Lenny and Carl come up with a god with a thousand boobs. So uh, that made me feel the bumps. Mm. Yeah, I mean, not a lot of bumping in this one. No. I feel like it wasn't really family orientated and lessons learnt were... I don't know what the lesson, lesson was. Lesson learnt was... Don't pray to God, I think it was the lesson. No, you can pray to God for anything, however, eventually you'll overdo it. <laughs> so, wait. And he'll probably kill a lot of people in an attempt to teach you a lesson. Wait, are you <laughs> assuming... Who's at fault in this theory then? Is it God for over, being overzealous or Homer for being overpray? Yeah, share the blame around. Uh, that's not about. That's not how blame works in God's Fine, world. Homer. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, look, no matter what, ask a Christian, they'll find a way to make sure God's okay in this whole thing. I do really like when, you know, Marge is talking to Homer, he's like, uh, you think you've maybe gone too far? No, it's fine. God's cool. See, I don't think that he is. <laughs> yeah. He's always smiting people and turning them into salt. Yeah. And I think it's a shame because I think this episode was going for it with, you know, the Lovejoys mm. losing the church, which, by the way, they made it seem like they were living in the church. Yeah, it is weird. They kind of have to, everything to is leave. packed into their car. Yeah. Which, I mean, it is a thing, but we've seen the house is separate before. There are some, some churches do have like a property where they will, where the minister does stay. A rectory, if you will. Yeah. Well, not just a rectory, but like an actual house. I just well. wanted to say rectory. Yeah, no, <laughs> rectory. Actually, that same ex-girlfriend, their family home was next to their church and it was all sort of part of the same property. Yeah, because they're effectively employed by the church and they give you a place to live for it. Yeah, that's the thing. Her dad was a minister and she still didn't know Anno Dine. I'm just for... loving the sitcom that's come to mind where you date a minister's daughter. Oh, was this when you had the, the big devil beard daughter? as well? No, this was before I could even grow a beard. This oh is still goodness. when I had hair on the top of my head. This was she who shall not be named, yeah? The one who almost broke your back that because she used to run up and hug you so much? Uh, I started carrying so many things so she couldn't do that. <laughs> I've heard this story this yeah. before, and it is remarkable as it is ingenious. <laughs> what is it? Genius comes of necessity? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, necessity is the mother of, of invention. Yeah. yeah. But also so, genius. Yeah, I don't know if you want to keep it in the episode. I'll just cover the story real quick. So yeah, you were dating this girl. She liked hugging me a whole lot. I was not into that. So I just had to keep finding reasons to be carrying something when I showed up <laughs> so she couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I brought a lot of things to your house. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I brought this case of beer. Can't put it down right now. <laughs> yeah. I put it down and hug you. Uh, says I have to hold it for like, at least 50. Yeah. Hey, my guitar strap broke. I got to carry it the front. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, My no. shirt came off, got to hold it like this. Yeah, so I found this puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Whose is that? <laughs> Shut up. Would you like to try my flying invisible car? <laughs> Yeah, so speaks volumes on the heart of this episode that we've moved on it from mm-hmm. so quickly. Yeah. Like, this episode wants you to feel bad for Lovejoy, but it just, the story doesn't actually make sense that he has to skip town and stuff yeah. because of losing the church. Or why he thinks that, why does losing the church mean he doesn't have a congregation anymore? 
or that he doesn't have somewhere to live. Like, yeah. I will say, I do. There's a bit of Simpsons broke my brain here for when uh, he drives away and Ned's like, Reverend, where are you going? He's like, Oh, I think yeah. he's leaving town. It's like, No, no, you lie. What makes you lie? <laughs> That's that gets in my head anytime something I don't want to have happen is happening. Also, that was much more emotionally distraught than, than Lovejoy was. Yeah. yeah, like Ned losing his minister is. Well, he ends up in the backyard with two pool cues making a cross. Yeah. Like, that's his desperation. But you can't feel sorry for Lovejoy because you literally, I don't know if you even see him. But no, until, until he saves he Homer lose, in the helicopter. I did like Homer falls into a one foot ditch but screams for 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, actually, this leads into did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Like, I kind of buy that because Lovejoy, is this the right word? He's always been kind of a bit despondent. Like, he, um, like he's a minister and this is what he does, but he's always mm-hmm. sort of had a bit of a detachment from it. And yeah. as we've seen in a previous episode, most likely caused by overbearing Ned. Yeah. So just that little bit of cynicism and yeah. yeah. So that he'd be a bit more disconnected and ready to just sort of ah uh, fuck it whatever I'm out mm. sort of makes sense. Whereas yeah, Ned's the one who has more emotional reaction to it. Mm. Yeah, and I, now that we say that, I want Ned to be there at the conclusion rather than Lovejoy for some reason in a helicopter. But yeah, how about the rest of the character integrity in this one? Yeah, for the most part. I think other than not knowing how to get out of it, Homer getting a taste of weird power and running too far with it, that's, you know, Simpsons bread and butter. Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely. And I think everyone else kind of acted pretty much the same. Mm. Bart yeah. was bored at the, bas- the baseball game, basketball game. Oh, my brain. Yeah. Actually, Bart, this is another storyline where it was focused on Homer that, that would have made more sense if Bart was involved a bit, because of course mm. Bart would be like in on whatever Homer was doing. It's one thing I weird do, that he was absent. What I do like about this episode is that the kind of hedonism kind of happens accidentally. Like yeah. Homer throws a big party because of course he does, and he's not. He's still all about prayer, but during that, people are like, you know, Lenny and Cal have the conversation of, oh, I can't believe one god made all this. Oh, there are probably lots of gods, and that's how they get to like the excess and hedonism through Homer just trying to have a good time. It's not that he Homer decides he's God and is then telling people what to do. Yeah. It's just, yeah, so it, it grew naturally. But yes or no, would you watch it again? I would laundry it. Mm-hmm. Laundry? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's pretty good. There's some laughs to be had here. It's not, uh, not going to go out of the way, but if it's on... Yeah, very much if it's on. Like, I really liked the joke and liked the story enough in this one. I just mm. think it tanks at the end. But yeah. uh, we've talked about it before. If you don't stick the landing, it kills it so much. Yeah, no, absolutely. But BT, what would you like to change about this episode? Stick the landing. Oh, wait. We said yes, we'd watch it again. Playlist. What playlist would this go in? Uh, Arnie Pie's Freakouts. Yep, definitely. <laughs> Things that happen in bowling alleys? Uh, the church closing. That's happened a couple of times. Oh, yeah. And yeah, Reverend Lovejoy sort of, yeah, yeah we can mix it in with that episode we mentioned before with Ned Flanders yeah, annoying or, him. Or uh, with uh, oh, yeah, the Listen Lady episode, same episode. Yeah, that's it. Dr. Nick not being a doctor. <laughs> I love that. He's just a testimonial for... <laughs> for what's his name? Thomas J. Lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Larry H. Lawyer Jr. <laughs> and he can get you the claim that you deserve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're the first client I've ever had who is actually hurt, which, according to the law, is a big win. I do yeah. like, according to this book, the book is the, the law. law. <laughs> it's all of it. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. That's some good playlists. So, back to what I was asking before. BT, what would you like to change about this episode? Stick the landing. Anything else? Stick it good. <laughs> Stick it. Stick it good. Like, I, th- I think that's the only real problem. I mean, there are little bits and pieces, but that's the biggest part to me that... I don't know what else you could do because they are definitely written into a corner, but mm. something else, maybe it's just Ned coming to Homer, 
you know, asking as a friend or he, uh, he, mind you, he did that before, but just talking about how they've lost their way or even showing him, look, I know you mean well, but everyone here is drunk and praying to buck trophies for some reason. I don't know. Something else. It's just random flood out of nowhere. Lovejoy saves him with a helicopter. It's just so out of left field. It, none of us liked it. Yeah. How about you, Phil? What would you like to change? I think kind of echoing what BT just said. I think it just needs a point to the story. Like it didn't have mm. a theme because there's no lessons. Like what's the lesson? Homer learned yeah. to not pray out loud to a thing that doesn't exist to get ridiculous stuff that he just wants immediately. Like yeah. I don't see why Homer would. He was constantly being rewarded for it. Yeah. yeah. Like and he didn't learn anything from that because what was the downside? It's if like, anything, he just learned he can overdo it but can still get pretty much anything he wants as so long as he doesn't do too much yeah the lesson here really is don't have such a big bonfire just before a flood and luckily yeah. they did own the church because if the flood had happened anyhow their house would be underwater yep. exactly <laughs> at least they had somewhere the, to go yeah, very exactly. localized flood it was very well springfield is in a, a perfect bowl yeah actually yeah this is another thing i don't understand it flooded because there were no trees around what well, first of all not set up in mm. the episode and how does that work trees fight floods Really? Like physically. Have you not actually seen... Yeah, that's why all boats are made of wood. Yeah. Think of this. Have you ever seen a tree in the ocean? Uh, Flawless logic. Yeah. Also, what are oars made out of? Wood. Wow. Yeah. And what do you beat water with? <laughs> yeah, so you're not actually pushing the boat through the water. You're just fighting the water away <laughs> with the oars. You're kicking the water's ass. <laughs> yeah. Next week, we'll tell you about gravity. Ooh, you wait. As for what I'd change, yeah, look, the ending is just too extreme. I think when you're doing this supernatural-esque story with, yeah, a god that's seemingly involved with a human story, I think you need to sort of keep that separation where the flood sort of, you're bringing it too close to God. And I guess they're trying to draw a parallel with the you know, floods of God and Noah and stuff, but it wasn't a cohesive enough ending. And yeah, that they'd removed Flanders from the story. It lacked this human element that I think the story really required for Homer to properly learn a lesson. Like, honestly, I'd keep the first two acts exactly as they are. And just, yeah, three more passes at the ending would really fix this one up. Yeah, they just need to figure out a moral for it. There's got to be a lot of other repercussions for a society to lose its apparently only one church. Yep. Yeah. Rather than it might rain and you might flood the entire town. And everyone else goes to the bowling alley. Yeah, because really what that does is Homer, who had four prayers that all gave him what he wanted out of happenstance and yeah. Rube Goldberg machines. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, <laughs> now everyone knows that Homer pissed off God and God went, well, because you own my church now, I'm going to kill everything and flood the world. Yeah. Like, that's what everyone knows because that's what they yep. all just accepted happened, which is kind of even more crazy than mm -hmm. fudge and bacon. <laughs> which I may have to try. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're here. BT, do you have any other notes? Don't I always... I do like Homer's little fantasy. He was like, I wonder what it would be like to be a, with a woman that tall. He kind of <laughs> picks him up and he just bites the moon. It's dumb, but I do like the bit of, hmm, far-fetched. Yeah. That saves it entirely. Absolutely. Ned drives home in the wiener boot in a mobile. No, no, <laughs> it's just a wiener mobile. It's yeah. good. The steering wheel is an onion ring. Part of everything. <laughs> I do literally like Homer spying on Ned where he's on the swings, just swings up, trying to look, and then swings back. With binoculars. Mm -hmm. That is such a funny bit of animation. And yeah. it also leads into a good misdirect, I think, I'm going to find out what his secret is no matter what it takes and then he's just having Flanders, what's your secret <laughs> just having a pleasant cup <laughs> of tea never with him never being arrested yeah yeah <laughs> i do like homer's lenticular photo of guys like vengeful god loving god yeah. <laughs> 
I thought God only helped pro athletes and Grammy winners, but he turns <laughs> out he helps regular schmoes like me. Homer's skull is apparently hypnotic. <laughs> Ned's are like, why do I always do what he says? It's his skull. It's hypnotic. <laughs> That's such a weird detail. I love it. Especially because he's just saying it as he walks away. So he's just saying it to himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really liked Like It was a really nice, just a little gag to be having as a character leaves the room mm. that nobody else is really aware of. <laughs> yeah, mm. he's just wondering, why do I keep doing that? Yeah. Uh, Santa's little helper's got the little uh, communion cap on his head and the robes. He's like, oh, he thinks he's papal. I don't get it. Because, you know, it's like, oh, he thinks he's people. And yeah. papal is like a name of uh, anything owned by the authority of the Catholic Church, I think. Uh, I think it's uh, yeah, anything or... to do with the Pope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, Pope is uh, papal. Like it, anything the Pope owns. So yeah. the, the papal... Papal states or papal authorities or whatever. The papal PayPal. Yeah. So he thinks he's papal. Also, I had no idea how to spell papal because I also wrote that note. So I just wrote pay and then pull. I wrote P-A-P-E-L, but I also can't spell. Yes. (laughs) Well, I I wrote P-A-Y-P-L-E and I also can't spell. Yeah. Yeah. Because I got the cadence of the joke and he thinks he's papal, but I didn't know what papal meant. Yeah. Fair. Uh, My last note is when the flood goes away, there's a dove carrying an olive branch a la Noah's Ark. I, once again, don't get that reference. Okay, so this whole Noah's Ark thing ends where they're like, oh, we think the flooding stopped, and they're like, well, how do we know? Let's send out a dove, and if it comes back with anything from a branch, because trees fight floods, uh, we know (laughs) the trees are back, and therefore there's dry land out there. Yeah, because the trees are fighting. And the dove comes back with an olive branch. It's in the Bible. Trees win. Trees win. (laughs) Actually, that's where the phrase establish a beachhead comes from. Is from trees beating back floods. <laughs> but also, so extend the olive branch, blah, 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 peace, blah, blah, blah. And who says you can't learn anything from the index? How about you, Phil? What other notes do you have? Wait a minute. Who does say that? Let's find them and smack them with wet socks. <laughs> um, learn plenty. The only other one I had was, as Homer's having his three-day uh, housewarming party, Ned sitting in his backyard looking over the fence with binoculars, or maybe not binoculars, and he's like, they've nearly broken every rule <laughs> in the Bible. And then you just hear Lenny and or Carl mm-hmm. say, hey, Lenny or Carl, can I have some more bacon? And then he's like, that's it. That's all of them. I just yeah. say, would you covet some more bacon or oh, something? Oh, does he say covet? I'm not entirely sure, but I think he says uh, covet. That makes more sense because I was like, what is that one breaking? What's also, it? I didn't see anyone fucking there. I mean, <laughs> presume. It's the seventh bake commandment. Don't yeah. cover thy neighbor's bacon <laughs> or thy na- neighbor's bacon's wife. Yeah, that's Wife's why bacon. if they'd had bacon or mm. budge, uh, <laughs> they wouldn't be covering it. More importantly, it implies someone's been murdered there. That's, Wait, wouldn't fake fudge be fudge? Uh, that's look. fudge, but with the A-U-X. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> fudge. <laughs> and yeah, time for my final Forage. notes. Yeah, we kind of covered them all, but yeah, Ken Burns, like, I was so busy making documentaries, I didn't have time <laughs> to get a proper haircut. Yeah. Wonderful. The court demonstrating that Homer's accident prone and Cletus is like, Your Honor, we find that to be America's funniest home video. Mm. Back to you, Bob Saget. <laughs> I do have slight issue with that because the angle of that camera was impossible to have footage of. Mm. Like yeah. it was strapped to the front bonnet of his car as he's driving through <laughs> fog. Like where would they even get that footage? Yeah, unless it was on the back of another car that was just happened to be travelling the yeah. exact same. And so, just uh, owned by the lawyer. Reverse yeah. dash cam. Uh, yeah, Homer affixed his dash cam wrong and on the bonnet of his car. Yeah, hood ornament. <laughs> In the AA meeting, Barney's talking about breaking open glow sticks. That is a that is a horrible way to get drunk. Really is. <laughs> Scalvin' a imagine your poops. <laughs> no. Too late. Well, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Mo makes a Cornish game hen. 
I mean a pigeon filled with spam. <laughs> I mean a rat filled with cough yes. drops. Would you believe, <laughs> which is very much the um, the Maxwell Smart. Yeah, yeah, Maxwell Smart. Would you believe this with this? All oh, right, yeah, of course. And then yeah, the ending is Lisa going, I don't know, Buddha, and then we see up in heaven mm-hmm. with God chowing down on popcorn chicken. Yeah. It's funny because KFC's popcorn chicken is the reason I don't eat KFC anymore. Because when I first got my license, I overdid it on the KFC drive-thru. Why have I got indigestion all the time? Oh, well, more popcorn chicken. (laughs) Oh. And yeah, because of that, I haven't eaten KFC since I was 18 years old. So that's like, fuck, 15 years now. Yeah, but it seems like a really good way of getting an anti-KFC mindset. Just constant diarrhea. And that's why you're not God. (laughs) <laughs> but he is the Buddha sitting next to God who says I think they've had enough yep mm. calming God down yeah it's time to rank this thing and it's BT's turn to go first um I had a better time than last time even though it wasn't great I don't like the ending but I think the rest of the episode does reasonably well I'm gonna go with a bronze I had a good enough time I'm gonna go with a silver I really like the jokes in this one and I just think they whiff the ending a, a lot like I think it would have been a stronger silver in my book if they'd gotten the solid ending, but it still would have been a silver nonetheless because it is, you know, this wacky Mortines era episode that really mm-hmm. didn't have a point. <laughs> um, but I had a really fun time with this. And Phil, finish it off. Solid bronze. I was a little bit bored, but I was n- in no way angry. Hmm. All right. Averaging out, this will be a shiny bronze. And this will be the fifth episode from season 14 to be called a shiny bronze. It'll be joining special Edna, where mm-hmm. Skinner dogs her for his mother, and then she cries, and then Bart nominates her uh, for a Teacher yeah, of the yeah. Year award, and then they uh, go to Epcot. Yeah, and they get engaged at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm spelling as fast as I can. Where... The spelling episode, the spelling bee. Yeah, that's a good one. A star is born again, where Ned starts dating a movie star, mm. and Old Yellow Belly, where Santa's little helper becomes the new Duff Spokes dog. I see. Yeah, these are all great episodes. Well, I mean, great, no. They're not great. categorized you as gave them your, one person, your fourth worst. <laughs> one person categorized them great. The rest were like, yeah, it's okay. It's most likely me giving them that rating. At, you uh, soft-hearted man. Actually, I'm going to bet dollars to mm, donuts that that was exactly the case, that I gave all of those the, oh, yeah. the shiny and those bronzes. <laughs> yep, special Edna. Yep, star is born again. Mm-hmm. Yep, old yellow belly. There's maybe half a dozen instances of me ranking higher than you, so... Yeah, not many at all. No. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, look, that does it for the teens era. And now we're going to the classic era. And this is an episode I've been holding off from doing for a long time. But you know what? You people have stood in my way long enough. We're reviewing Homie the Clown. Yay. We'll be back. Ooh. Oh, you mean the bear in the little car? <laughs> <laughs> That's the ballet. Oh, well, I always get those confused. And we are back and we just watched our classic era episode and god damn what a classic. This was season 6, episode 15, Homie the Clown. First released in February 1995, it was directed by David Silverman, written by Beach. No fooling, this is for real this time. John Schwarzwelder in this episode, Homer's the Clown. Come on, you know it, guys, what do you think? Dear God, <laughs> I feel like I've had a refreshing shower of good Simpsons. I feel like I've just written a script's worth of notes. <laughs> just, man, this is so rapid fire. It's just, holy crap. This is one of those ones where you take advantage how much you enjoyed Simpsons before. <laughs> you know, you have to review it analytically and think about it critically. <laughs> 
But the first act of this thing, man, oh my God. holy shit. Yeah, it yeah. Is, is a machine gun nest of jokes and gags. Yeah, and look, we'll get into this in a bit, but this episode holds a very special place for me, but I want to turn the questioning to you two first. BT, for better or worse, pick a moment that stands huh. out to you. Okay, um, I think the moment I really want to draw attention to is after the opening credits and then all the way to the end credits. <laughs> <laughs> Man, just... just I think, oh, just that one little 22-minute bit. You didn't, yeah. you didn't like the end credits? I mean, they're okay. Yeah. I liked the bit where it was like executive producer Dave Merkin, but I wasn't a fan of executive producer Sam Simon. I always yeah. like when they put the number up of what, of what episode. Uh, actually, know. I forgot, I did have the bit of... Shh. No, um, I really want to call attention just the opening of this, which first of all starts with Krusty doing the bike trick, which becomes so integral to the the episode. But then how he's just spending his money is so quick, I couldn't even catch it all. Yeah. So even then, before that, you've got the bike trick and then Bart's response of Krusty the Clown can still play all, all the stops for his fans. He may take something like swallowing a bicycle and makes it entertaining. A simple everyday <laughs> thing. <Yeah. laughs> like eating a bicycle and make it funny. But then he's just walking, he's like, Page Kenny G to play music in my elevator. Uh, <laughs> my house is dirty, buy me a clean one. <laughs> buy me a clean one. Um, and then his accountant's like, but Krusty, he's like, did you send the $10,000 worth of flowers to be Arthur's grave? Yeah. Yes, but Krusty she's not dead (laughs) yes but Krusty I don't have time to hear the end of sentences it's one of those unfortunate (laughs) jokes where yeah B. Arthur is dead now so it doesn't quite land as it it did but I mean in in context you can still figure it out honestly only like five years ago I want to say yeah it feels like I saw her on Judge Judy just ten years ago no that's Judge Judy (laughs) no No. B. Arthur was on Judge Judy no shit really on an episode where she was suing someone for animal cruelty I think Oh, she died April 2009. So, yeah, it still was a fair while ago. My B. Arthur news ticker is obviously faulty. Yeah, but that whole rapid fire and him just continually lighting cigarettes off like a $100 bill and the end lighting off a string of pearls. Uh, I like the second one. I think, not to jump on your uh, boat, but what I like about this episode, Elliot, glad you asked, (laughs) is that all the jokes come in the perfect three sets. Everything's got one, two, three, and they're not, sorry, I assume that nobody knew how to count to three. Um, (laughs) They're not, immediately after each other there's like one thing will happen like the lighting of the cigarettes first he does it with a hundred dollar bill and he says nothing's as good as a cigarette except for a cigarette lit up with a hundred dollar bill yeah and then you're like oh yeah that's funny and then he there's two more takes of that joke but they're never spoken they're only seen the next one is he lights a cigarette with number one action comics of superman <laughs> yeah and then the last one he lights it with a string of pearls <laughs> yeah which is like i just love how ridiculous that gets but it's never said like it's literally yeah it's a two-second visual gag that's never re-spoken of. Yeah, it's just the crowd on that whole segment of him spending money like crazy. And there's jokes within that joke as well, because, yeah, Action Comics 1, you wouldn't know, like, unless you knew that yeah. was the first issue of Superman. Yeah, that's something you can light a cigarette with, unlike a necklace of pearls. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking awesome. They yeah. get hot enough, I And suppose. I think, for me, that all kind of gets capped with a great little bit of uh, Krusty losing money on horse races. Like, come on, let me double or nothing on tonight's opera. Who do you like? The tenor. <laughs> What's the bet? <laughs> <laughs> what do you like the tenor for? Uh, and then there's that cut to like, but I've already put my name on everything. It's like crowd control barricades and <laughs> the crusty monopoly thing. And oh, I love the crusty monopoly box had a stamp that said not accepted. Oh, <laughs> uh, awesome. And the infomercial for his uh, ladies' products was like, How do you like the Crusty the Clown mustache shaver? Well, it's amazing. Is my upper lip supposed to bleed like this, Johnny Unitas? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and Johnny Unitas, a football player. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Can't avoid it, man. Yeah, yeah, I just... picked this episode irrelevant of that, and then I was, I was doing my notes. Oh, the guest stars of this episode. Mm-hmm. Johnny Unitas, who's that? A quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Well, fuck me. It's uh, that opening, like. 
two minute bit is not even that maybe like just buckshot of comedy yeah, it's that insane is, there's, I think by the time if you look down to write anything you've missed another two gags like it's oh, for real. super fast mm. and how about you Phil what stands out to you for better or worse I really like feel free to use the or worse um, <laughs> okay for or worse what, do, what didn't I like about this Mm, I thought Homer stopping in the middle of the highway to look at billboards because it's the first of the month and it's new billboard day was a little overdone. <laughs> I loved it. I know, when he stops and all those Hello, cars yeah. drive was, up onto the I was going to say, I can't try a bit and I completely forgot that where he slams on the brakes, cars stop immediately behind him. One of them's a empty car carrying truck that then immediately fills up with other cars and he turns around and he goes find his keepers and he just drives off with them weird moment here where it looked like Raphael but it didn't have his voice mm. so often we're like oh that's Raphael's voice but it's off character model mm. anyway Simpsons nerd corner mm-hmm. nerd corner <laughs> nerd <laughs> like how amazing it is from Homer learning about the clown college to him yeah deciding to go Again, all within the space of two minutes. So fucking crammed full of jokes oh, that it's it's relentless. Oh, I will say that Homer going, that clown billboard, I have to go, he stops, sees the billboard, buys everything that he has to buy. For the, so he's sitting at work eating ribs with barbecue sauce, muffins. English and, I do like the billboard. It's just, this year, give her English muffins. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also like a giant bag of just MSG with a scoop. <laughs> And then that bit was like, oh, that clown billboard didn't affect me at all. And I really did. And I thought that I wouldn't have liked this type of humor mm. where he's now seeing clowns everywhere. But fuck me, that was funny. Yeah. Like <laughs> Lenny just at a clown with like two bigger pants and like wobbling back and forth. Mm. And then he the looks. The section you're meant to be monitoring is on fire. Yeah. And then all these clowns tumble out the door and they're all like, hey, hey, hey. And it goes to real life. They're on fire trying to pat themselves out and it goes back again. Yeah. And, but the thing I like the best, I think, was when he's at home and they're all eating dinner and he's. Yeah making a sculpture out of mashed potatoes a la Classic Cows of the Third Kind, but it's making a big clown tent. And all the rest of the family is on and off, clowns or not clowns. And Marge goes, yes, homie? <laughs> <laughs> I also love wine where they're looking confused, like, mom? I think I'll have some wine. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, that's it. I'm not going to let you guys stop me going to Clown Courage anymore. And runs out and Bart just goes... I didn't expect him to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's amazing just that window of him getting the inspired and, like, Mm. trying to defy the advert, even in the thought bubble where, yeah, he's daydreaming about him napping and then that daydream is about having a sandwich and then the clown (laughs) college pushing it out of the way. I don't know, you know this probably quite well, but do you know how much time that was up until we get to clown college? I would be tempted to time it because it's it's got it's a, so oh, packed. Actually, thank it's, you, Frankyak, for having timestamps. Yeah, I, like it feels like so much happens in that first break, but it's got to be maybe six minutes. Because that's the thing. I feel like normal pacing would be first act decides to go to clown college, second act goes to clown college, third act find a reason to not be a clown anymore. Yeah, but he, this was he finishes clown college in the first uh, yeah ad break. It's nuts. Yeah, like it's really there must be three hundred gags in this. Yeah, in this, it's twenty two minutes. Ridiculous. At 8 minutes 30, the first act ends. This is actually kind of common for this era of Simpsons to sort of go pretty long in the first act and then sort of have second and third be shorter. Does that include the uh, intro sequence? Yes. Okay. But even then, it was a short intro. This Mm. was a very jammed, packed episode. Oh, Oh, 
fucking amazing. And yeah, look, what stands out to me, and this is something I've told on the podcast a few times, but you know, this is the episode where it's most relevant. So of course I'm going to say it again. Yeah, I used to work as a clown. I spent about a year of my life from age 18 to 19 Mm -hmm. working weekends as a clown for children's parties. It's my most favorite fact about you. (laughs) Cheesy the clown. I was cheesy the clown. I'll even put up my little business card up on the socials. Yes. (laughs) And... This was a job that, yeah, i, I got to say, I loved the first three months of it. But then, yeah, much like Homer, it burnt me out so quickly. Mm. I should have known from this episode that how quickly it would have run out. But I didn't have the appeal of looking like a more famous clown to, you know, get clout to get discounts on uh, Luigi's and police tickets and yeah. cars with speed holes and whatever. <laughs> um <laughs> But anyway, there's the moment, you know, towards the end of the second act where Homer's like really ragged and run down and talking yep. to Lenny Carl and he goes, but I tell you, when I see the smile on their little faces, I know they're just getting ready to jab me with something. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. This is my experience and seeing him at Milhouse's party, like, you know, you're trying to do your thing, but kids be kids. They're going to mm. throw shit at you. They're going to punch you in the dick. They're yeah. going to not want to do what you say because kids are kids. Yeah, I once did like a kid's play. It was like three performances. And in the end, you have to come out in character. Yeah. And yeah, they would chase you and try to punch you in the dick. Yeah. And you're being chased by these little monsters. And I'm yelling, who owns these things? And the parents <laughs> like, oh, little Timmy, he does that. He'll sleep tonight. It's like, fuck you. No, for real. <laughs> Like, the parents think this is their time off, but no, they are harassing an adult here, you know? Yeah, that's not an exaggeration. Literally tried to punch me in the dick repeatedly. So I'm I'm running for, like, a solid half hour to avoid Mm. being punched and then probably accused of something. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's when you just take it to Children's Fight Club. Yeah, I mean, it's what I wanted. Just pick one up and use it as a club to hit the others, because technically then I'm not hitting them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you are clear of all legal and social ramifications. I feel so. The elephant wasn't hitting the line. It was the gopher. Yeah. So since, yeah, having to leave that job due to a fucking mental breakdown at a zoo. um, That story I've not heard. Uh, yeah, it was the last shift I ever did. It was just a basic children's party, but it took place, like, I don't know if you guys know Taronga Zoo, you mm. or the audience. But yeah, it's at the bottom of a really fucking steep hill. Mm. And that's where the birthday party was. Of course. And it was a really hot Australian summer's day. And I had another gig to go to at the after it. But yeah, as I was walking up the hill, my basically all my face paint melted off. And then, yeah, I almost collapsed at the top. But yeah, someone sort of saw me and go, hey, buddy, are you OK? And I didn't say, hey, clown. Yeah. <laughs> Please tell me somebody said, what does that clown think he's doing? <laughs> I mean, not that he heard, but I'm sure it happened. Oh, man, there was one time where I because this is back in the day before GPSs as well. Mm. And so like, I'd have the directions to where I was going, like printed out on from like, where is. And one time I realized that I was about to miss an exit. So I fucking quickly uh, made it, but I accidentally cut someone off and they had to get off the exit with me. And they were like yelling out the car at me and they're like, Next chance we get, you're going to fucking pull over. I'm going to get the cops on you. Rah, rah, rah. And I'm thinking, okay, this crazy person will follow me to the gig if I like don't try and defuse the situation. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I did. I pulled over. And yeah, he fucking yeah, just flat out abused me like, until the cops came. And the cops were like, 
well, he cut you off and he didn't Goals like crash accident. your car or anything. I don't know what you want us to do about it. And he's like, well, fucking, I mean, look at him. He's like this fucking clown. And I'm like, oh, come on, man. This is my <laughs> job. <laughs> um, but yeah, any, oh, God, there's so many clown stories happening all at once right now. <laughs> but well, yeah, the capper on that Taronga Zoo gig is that, yeah, I almost collapsed. Someone saw me and was like, oh, shit, you don't look well here. Sit down, have some water. And like, yeah, I almost passed out and mm, told my boss, yeah, I can't make it to this next show. I'm like about to die here. And he goes, well, if you don't, um, you know, we've got to have another conversation. It's like, it's okay. I'm done <laughs> thanks bye <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway i'll probably get into more stories later but if i don't move on now I'll probably keep going so play count how many times before today have you seen this episode i'd say a solid pre 15 20 yeah i feel like i've <laughs> yeah i couldn't put a number on this this That's is just a number such a classic of the classic but how about the wackiness of this episode an episode about clowns how was oh, the wacky parts it is it is gonna be the most wacky wackiness that ever whacked. Uh, Krusty throws a pie into a woman's face so hard she goes through a wall. <laughs> Kill wealthy Dowager. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I do love, in one of Homer's attempts to go through the loop-de-loop, he gets stuck on it but keeps pedaling the bike and it just shrinks the loop yeah. around. <laughs> the third of the rule of threes yeah. there, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Man. The way he goes around... The- I can't remember what happens the first time he goes just crashes right, oh, right no, he through just, it. He crashes right through it. The second time, his pants get caught He's in like, a tiny burn bike. Burn that seat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like him just pedaling a tiny bike in no pants is hysterical. Yeah. And then the third time, he shri- like is the most absurd. He shrinks it. But it still kind of works because it's like your brain goes, well, he's pedaling. Yeah, but that would work. But this mm-hmm. whole rule of threes comedy gag happening within that scene is the second part of a greater rule of three where of yeah. the little bike which yep. we had established at the start yep this is reinforcing it yep for it to come back at the end yeah and yeah. now oh my gosh that final bit where <laughs> up the pool cue knocks all the billiard balls in <laughs> over to the bar plays the godfather theme on the glasses hitting oh, his that head. was amazing i don't think i ever understood that part of that gag yeah watching it before i and tonight i was like oh wow yeah, and then the Celts are knocking down the bar door, yeah. and the mobster's like, "Hey!" And then right. meanwhile, the old Italian stereotypes like, "Yeah, if he doesn't go through the loop, what's the point?" <laughs> it is <Yeah>. a nothing. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to be correcting so much of the quotes in this one, but, but uh, I get this episode's burnt into my brain. <laughs> and then, uh, what is my the cap on everything is the very end. You still owe us the money, forty eight dollars. Yeah, here's fifty, <laughs> and, and do your, your change. change, and we thank you. <laughs> I love this because this is a kind of ridiculous joke that I'd probably criticize another HD era or Teens era episode for, but I think because it's the very last thing Mm. that it's just the ridiculous note you end on rather than... Yeah, and you've had an amazing time up until this point. Yeah. Uh, We've talked about jokes in other ones where we're like, I would like that if I wasn't having a bad time at this point. Mm. Yeah, I think like it was probably the weakest joke that they made the whole ep, and it was because it was a bit, uh, you know, it was all for $48. And I think, yeah, had it been... A focal point for the joke, mm. you would have been like, Ugh. but because it's literally that and then the end, you're like, Meh. yeah, it's yeah. the yeah. yeah, you don't have time to question, wait, the entire clown college was worth $48 and that's what you'd like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I'm was frankly still reeling from the bike gag, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, Luke, there's a ton of wackiness to go over, but yeah, let's just quickly jump to the heart of this episode. Did you guys feel the bumps? I don't think it's really a bump episode. Mm. Like, you're definitely on board for Homer's journey, and you understand that he's feeling exhausted and tired, and he's trying to run two jobs mm. somehow. I guess the crown business doesn't pay very well. Mm. Um, it doesn't. <laughs> well, in theory, he's in it for just the passion of it, or it just gets into his head. Like, it's not heart that gets him into it. It's really the heart that gets him out, where he's burnt out but he gets into it because 
billboards. He, he just billboards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a sucker for advertising. Yeah. So I think you're definitely on the journey with him and you understand mm. why he's tired and wants to quit. And then you get why he's excited and wants to take advantage of pretending to be crusty. Mm. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like it's unearned or out of the blue, but it's not no real bumps in this one. No, and I guess the story isn't trying to make you feel bad for Krusty either. It's his own fault. This is like, it's the mess yeah. he's gotten himself yeah. into. Yeah, that's that, what that whole first bit is, is him just throwing yeah. money away like crazy. And I guess it's, I mean, it's not explicitly stated, but I guess, you know, Krusty's behavior is sort of reinforced by Homer starting to get these advantages. Mm. You could imagine, yeah, this is sort of how Krusty got into the habits that he's into now. Yeah, we know he and Wiggum once let a bunch of beavers <laughs> loose in a pine <laughs> furniture store. Yeah, that's, an ama- that's such an amazing, like, one-line gag. Yeah. It yeah. just alludes to, I would like to see more. I, no, actually, I'll take that back. I wouldn't like to see that extrapolated into a scene mm. because it would never live up to the, well, the also, idea. It's not it. any more funnier than that one yeah. sentence is. Like if yeah. you can imagine they cut to a scene, but he and they're drunk and they pour beavers into a letterbox in, that goes into like you can imagine it. It's yeah. not any funnier than mm. that one throwaway line where you then go, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and then just when Wiggum's driving away, and he got and the wave of the noise he makes. <laughs> It's so, so good. Yeah. Actually, yeah, it springs to mind. It, I remember one of the advantages that I did get as a clown is that when I'd be in traffic, because I'd often, often have to go through or cut through the city to get to gigs and stuff, and I noticed that traffic, navigating traffic in full clown regalia, because that was a part of the stipulation of the job. You had to go to and from gigs in full clown makeup and mm. uh, costume and everything, because you never want to sort of let off onto the kid that, you know, this is a face paint or whatever you couldn't possibly park around the corner no so yeah i'd be in full clown makeup and the costume and everything and you know you go to merge and you know normally as is tradition with sydney traffic you know you try to merge five people in a row will flip you off and Mm -hmm. tell you to get fucked yep but when you're in clown makeup they go to tell you to go and get (laughs) fucked but then they go clown yeah of course you can cut in front of me go for it (laughs) yeah so that was one advantage that i got dressed Mm. as a clown yeah right so you would say the clown police have all the advantages. <laughs> oh, that's their siren. <laughs> yeah, and you want to avoid them because, you know, in those cop clown cars, there's... <laughs> Just, you never know how many cops are going to be. One car falls up and then you're yeah. surrounded. <laughs> yeah, but ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? I mean, this is Schwarzwelder. It is Schwarzweldianist. Yeah. yeah, this is definitely a Homer... Like, early Homer, 100%. Yeah, I mean, we don't get a lot of any other characters in this. There's there's no time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's mostly Homer, Krusty, and Fat Tony, really. Mm. Yeah, and really, it's like the amount of screen time that this is just Homer doing little things or explaining things to other people is huge. Yeah, Like, Krusty's only really in it for half the first act and a tiny bit of the last act, and then the rest of it is basically just Homer doing things to people, for people, or away from people. Yeah. yeah. It's like, did Lisa have a line in this one? Just at the start when her and Bart oh, are yeah. watching Krusty, which is sort of a weird thing with, yeah, like Krusty is Bart's idol and he doesn't have much to do in this episode. Mm. Again, there's no time. But Which is great that they had the scene at Milhouse's birthday party. I was going to say, so he followed up with Milhouse, well, Bart, I got Krusty the Clown to show up at my birthday <laughs> party. So I'm pretty sure I can do that. No, actually, I, don't know. I will pretty- say, I did get a little bit of the bumps when Bart was actually proud of how Homer turned out to be so much like Krusty at the yeah. beginning. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because they start from being like, Homer, you can't be Krusty. He's, that's sacrilege. Yeah. And then yeah. at the end, they're like, well, if anyone's going to do it, I'm glad it's you. And then he squirts them with a seltzer. And he's like, that's a pretty good shot. That uh, was my major. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that bit is reinforced where 
the old Italian stereotype. It tries to make him do the loop thing. He's like, how about I just squirt you in the face with my boot? Yeah, major. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Trying to fall back on the major like so many other college students. Oh, fuck. And when Homer goes through the... Um, bike the first the time POV. without yeah just that camera work is amazing That's how it really swings good. left and right um shows you the POV of him looking at the mobsters <laughs> rather than him going up to the top and then coming back down again yeah it was really clever because you didn't need to see him fail you could just and it see was just way was. funnier to watch their expressions drop as he just rocked back and forth like on a half pipe oh it's so good but yes or no would you watch this one again absolutely i'd watch it right now <laughs> yeah we, before we watch it right now we got to put it in a playlist what playlist does this go in clowns Homer mm-hmm. Jobs. Homer Jobs. Crusty financial trouble. Mm. Ah, yes, of course. Old Italian stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, Fat Tony episodes. Really good mafia episodes. Mm. Yeah, they were really good in there. Had a lot of good lines. <laughs> when he's done in there, I gotta go. <laughs> so That was such a good, like a really good sound gag where they just sit yeah. there listening to him close the door, open the window, jump out, run, start a car, drive off. <laughs> then a plane goes overhead. And then his only reaction is, once he's done, I gotta go. <laughs> Simpsons magazines, because I don't want to throw to the bit oh, where yeah. he's at the quickie mart. He's like, you mean to get all of this 5% off because I'm Krusty the Clown? I thought it was going to be like a throw to, oh yeah, remember when I had you arrested because I thought you held me up? Oh yeah. But instead it's, oh, well, why would I not give a discount to the man whose lust for porno kept me in business the first few weeks? Oh, your latest issue of gigantic asses. Is- <laughs> <laughs> this was, I think this is the only uh, joke from the episode that was cut for syndication because yeah. when, yeah, I watched this on DVD saying this thing, it was like, gigantic asses what <laughs> where's my issue Schwarzwelder ahead of his time because now that's being thick is all the rage so. <laughs> yeah definitely him and Sir Mr. Mixlot <laughs> yeah. neither one can lie oh, giganticasses.com bigger than Pornhub you know <laughs> yeah any other playlists Wigan with black hair oh yeah that's right uh, Krusty Burger episodes Stop, stop. He's already dead. Yeah, the only appearance of the Krusty Burglar, and we know why. <laughs> he's alive at the end, but he's not happy. <laughs> he's, he's not well. <laughs> Please look at my medical bracelet. Although I do love He's there for the announcement of their exciting new burger, the one with ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> Parachuting <laughs> in. To audience, this burger... Now for sale. Yeah. <laughs> His entrance is just crossing the clown. Oh, that's so <laughs> good. <laughs> and then like, the parachute. The, yeah, the bit like, it's funny, like, you, know, you can hear him coming and you're like, ah, oh, yep, crashes in. But the parachute softly landing on top of him is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I forgot this for wackiness is when he arrives at Millhouse's place, swerves, crashes into the tree, and there's just a delay before he gets ejected through the windshield. <laughs> there's absolutely no reason for this joke to be here, but it rules. Yeah. I just like it's it's like ultimate clowning. Mm. Yeah. Next level fucking clowning. They didn't teach you that at clown school? <laughs> I had a Toyota Vianta, man. <laughs> they don't have windshields? You can, you know, you I don't get, know what my point was going to be. You couldn't get up the speed to crash into trees. Ah, okay. <laughs> that was actually the funny thing, you know, because sometimes the kids would like follow me out the front door and sort of wave goodbye to me. As you got into a very reasonable car. They did, yeah, they wanted to see yeah, a VW or a, a Mini or something, but no, I just get into a, a, fu- I just get into a fucking white Toyota Camry. Yeah, anything yeah. with polka dots, but no. <laughs> oh, man memories mm-hmm. bt what would you change i don't think there's anything you can change phil i would like to watch it again at 75 percent speed so i can Just get all the jokes every, <laughs> yeah because i don't even know how much i missed when i was making notes in the first 10 minutes yeah just everything so rapid fire yeah the, this is ridiculous it's mm-hmm. swartz welder is absolute peak and 
Don't want to really give away my ranking, but goddamn, I think it's flawless. Guest stars of the episode. Yeah, we mentioned Johnny Unitas was playing himself. Joe Mantegna returns as Fat Tony. But also, Dick Cavett was playing himself. Oh, wow. Really taking the piss out of himself as well. Yeah. He was so up for it, hey? Yeah, here's another story about a famous person that I'm in somehow. <laughs> so for those that don't know, Dick Cavett was like a pretty prominent talk show host in like, um, the 70s and 80s. And mm. like I've actually heard a few people reference that he was like doing podcasting before podcasting because right. his interview style was very much in the vein of, you know, deep conversations, getting to know these celebrities that were really popular at the time. And mm. I think I will say this is maybe the weakest part of the episode just because they slow down to have this dick cavett bit solely because of the age of it it's not its own fault i just didn't know who that was yeah yeah so, and what was like so they could get the big celebrity a bit more time yeah i mean mm-hmm. i completely forgive it and again it's i just, mean poor johnny unitas just had how was the sh- crusty shaver there blinda <laughs> am i supposed to bleed <laughs> probably <laughs> probably yeah, yeah um, so but- i mean no fault of its own because what it's 20 years old now naturally some references are not going to land yeah, but just bragging about all the celebrities that he knows. And, you know, in my research about this, because, you know, I, w- I always want to have a couple of things to say about mm-hmm. this. Dick Cavett apparently really liked to make anagrams of all the celebrities that he was interviewing. All right. Oh, and, how boring. <laughs> and when The Simpsons uh, have that episode with Allison and they mm-hmm. go to, over to uh, her house. Jeremy's. Uh, yeah. One of the ones <laughs> they mention about Alec Guinness is one that he came up with. Genuine class. Oh, nice. And he also came up with one for Spiro Agnew, which was grow a penis. <laughs> Take that, Spiro Agnew. Yeah, I mean, not only is your name Spiro, now you have no penis. And when asked if he's got one about himself, uh, he goes, well, I've got one not for Dick Cavett, but for Richard Cavett. Catch it. Rare VD. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay, he does have a sense of humor about himself. Yeah. All right, this is probably going to be our longest section of the review, but... BT, do you have any other notes? Man, of all the notes I've taken, we've actually ticked off a massive amount. One bit I do, again, that's always Simpsons broke my brain is, Simpsons broke my brain, (laughs) is, uh, wait, those pants are supposed to be baggy. Baggy. (laughs) And anytime I'm like in a clothing store trying on pants. Yeah. Look, as much as I love this scene, I have to get a bit of Joyden's Anal. Joyden's Anal Corner. Joyden's. Actually, we'll do it it NPR style. Uh, Welcome to Jordan's Anal Corner here on NPR. Or Dick Cavett style, tell me, what is the anal corner? <laughs> okay, so Homer's trying out baggy pants, mm-hmm. and all the rest of the class are too. Mm-hmm. They're going to be crusties. They're mm-hmm. going to be wearing the one costume. They're all wearing a variety of baggy pants. So there's that. And also, Krusty and Homer are clearly the same size with the yeah. same gut, and Krusty clearly has bigger pants than Homer Yeah, does. calling back to the season one plan where Homer was actually going to be Krusty. Well, yeah, apparently this is kind of what this episode was inspired by. Did you know this, Phil? Or I think I've heard this on other podcasts yeah. from this place. Mm. Yeah, well, it was originally a thing where, like, they purposefully had Krusty and Homer a similar design so that Bart, you know, doesn't like his father but really looks up to this clown. They basically look like the same person. There's that sort of thing. Mm. And then they were thinking of developing a storyline where Homer does turn out to be moonlighting as Krusty. Mm. And, yeah, this script sort of evolved from that. Yeah. Uh, I do like the names of funny places, like Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Seattle. um, The background guys in that are just three dudes, all of the same face with slightly different shades of colour. With their eyes open, not moving. <laughs> yeah, none look like they'd be good for replacement crusties. Yeah. No. Oh, actually, in this clown college scene as well, we get a brief moment of rich Texan as well. Oh, yeah. Saying he's from Texas. And yeah, the other guy's, uh, Detroit. <laughs> Brooklyn. Brooklyn, that's <laughs> Which is even funnier because, like, the difference between a Texas and a Brooklyn accent. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. I guess people in America probably know that. Yeah. Yeah. But I do like when he's like, I've been getting free stuff all day by being crusty. Look at this can of paint I got. <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> I'm not saying it won't work. I'm just saying it's dishonest. So if we agree, yeah. what are we talking about? <laughs> Why are we arguing? <laughs> and then there's, I know Danny loves this line of, uh, you don't want to sit with this scum. No, no, yeah. you are only scum compared to crusty. You see, see why yeah. you're scum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like how they're all in agreement. Oh, compared to crusty. Yeah, 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 no, sure. was, yeah, you see how you're scum. Lots of Italian stereotypes in this uh, episode. Uh, that, that one uh, is so good. I uh, know, and well, I am, and I know, and I am. <laughs> yeah. uh, you bet against the Harlem Globetrotters. No, that's so good. <laughs> I thought the generals were Jew. <laughs> uh, we briefly touched on speed holes, but damn, that's hilarious. <laughs> just, yeah, the shady car salesman just not questioning why his car yard is being shot up right now, but no. just, I can still sell this. Yeah, yeah, he's like, in my honest opinion, you should buy this car. Yeah. <laughs> should I shoot him gangland style or execution style? Listen to your heart. <laughs> and yeah, the reprise later that... Homer's like, okay, I'm not going to buy a car, but I'm going to learn from this. And then takes it his car with a fucking pickaxe. Yeah. What are you doing? Making speed holes? Make my car go faster? Yeah. And then Flanders gets shot twice. He's like, I think I'll go inside. Yeah. I love he gets shot. He gets shot. Gets up. Goes, oh, lucky I always keep this Bible close to my heart. Oh. Oh, lucky I had this, this piece of the true cross. And then just last shot spins the pickaxe. He's like... What keeps doing that? I knew we should have bought more than three bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, the jokes. Uh, I mean, and that, like, the three bullet joke makes so much more sense when you know it's only 48 bucks that they're yeah. after. Like, if it was millions, they'd have lots of money, but they've got, they're obviously yeah. not a very highfalutin crime syndicate. Well, that's why it's so important that $48 joke was the very last thing, because if the episode was predicated on that, you'd be thinking, like, the whole time. This is over $48. Oh, come on. But because it's at the end, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah wait a second. <laughs> um, let's see. <laughs> like when he gets captured, he's like, no, my name's Homer Simpson. The same Homer Simpson that drove through our clubhouse wall. Uh, no, I'm Barney Gumble. The same Barney Gumble who takes photos of my sister. And then he just cuts away. He's like, uh, Benedict Arnold. The same <laughs> Benedict Arnold that's betrayed the uh, revolution to the British. <laughs> <laughs> oh, his lack of alibi. Yep. Uh, huh. I'm seeing double four crusties. Fucking endlessly mm. quotable wine. Yep, and I do love that Krusty just shuffles them both. I am confused. Good one, Krusty. Ah, <laughs> crap. <laughs> My final note is, I look exactly the same, you idiot. Well, I did your breasts. You look 10 years younger. <laughs> Can Does anyone hear me explaining about the, <laughs> complaining about the breasts? <laughs> Can I borrow a bus fare? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. There's another playlist. Uh, accidental boob jobs. Yeah. That happens again. Mm-hmm. With Marge. Yeah, you've told me about that before, and I don't want to know anymore. Not a good episode. No, sounds not, not the worst good. either. That's the problem. Mm. But no, that puts me out of notes, I think. Dear God. Uh, How about you, Phil? Have you got any other notes? I have two remaining. Uh, the continuous, the congratulatory handshake with the hand buzzer at Clown College. Yeah. <laughs> where Homer grabs it, goes, I got it, no buzz for me. And <laughs> Krusty chases him down, repeatedly yeah. buzzes him in the face. Mm-hmm. It was good. And then I also like, Lisa says impersonating people was, was dishonest. And he goes, I didn't hear you complaining that time I impersonated Tom Bosley and got you this close to Chachi. <laughs> What's a Chachi? Chachi. Well, I think the gag for that is, so Tom Bosley is the dad in Happy Days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know this, but from times before the internet when you heard about stories from God knows where, yeah. I think in some South American countries, Chachi is slang for penis. <laughs> because the story I heard, I don't know if any of this is true, Story I heard way back in the day, also around the time where I heard about Rich and Gear and the Gerbil, yep. 
was <laughs> that they made the spin off The Happy Days was a show called Journey Loves Chachi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so rated really well in South oh. America is the gag that could all be 100% fake. I don't know. This is just mid 90s gags and rumor. And that's how we learned stuff back in the day. Yeah. Journey Loves Chachi dick yeah <laughs> but no those translation things can be so funny there's been one circulating around the internet lately which it's like mama die 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 but in hungary or wherever it's actually from it just it's yogurt yum 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 <laughs> <laughs> anyway very good all right time for my final notes and yeah we were surprisingly efficient with this one i'm surprised Again, we just wrote down the script yeah pretty much <laughs> just like that bozo bonko the clown um and yeah one of the other luxuries he has mm, i'll get a couple of condor egg omelets <laughs> I'll found the college tomorrow. <laughs> and the best new show on television, Old Startsky and Hutches. <laughs> and my final note is, yeah, bike loop trick at the end where, yeah, goes through three times and Homer's the one that ends up swallowing the bike. It's just such a satisfying closer. Yeah. Uh, I it's love the, overcome his the bell ring at the end is, is, is such a perfect end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, being a callback, being something so important to the episode. Fuck, it's good. I wish I could write this well. It's time to rank this thing. Phil. I'm going to give it a solid gold. Uh, really? Yeah. yeah. Look at his face. He's serious. Yeah. I don't think, for me, it's excellent, but it's not part of my canon of quotable episodes I, I think about when I think about good Simpsons Wait, episodes. you're not giving it a cubic? No, I'm not. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's an expression I've never seen in all these episodes. Yeah, that's it's like a sad confusion. It's sadness waiting for a punchline. I can only see you from the bridge your nose up as well. So it looks like you're kind of snuffleupagusing or doing a poo. Really? You're not giving it a cubic? I don't. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but I don't think it's, for me, it's not quintessential. If I had to take three episodes to a desert island, it wouldn't be one of them. Mm. Oh my God, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I loved it and it's good. There's nothing wrong with it. BT? <laughs> uh, I'm going to land with a full cubic here. I understand what you're saying because it's not got, you know, the elements of like heart or strong story behind it. It's just a joke factory, but what a freaking joke factory. It's hard to call essential in the sense of like, you know, when you think of The Simpsons, does this one immediately spring to mind? But the writing is so rapid and so sharp and so layered and so quick. I'm just stunned at how, how much is in this episode and how I don't think a single 10 seconds goes by without a good joke. So yeah. that's amazing so yeah cubic security for me yeah I, I didn't think it was my fucking clown uh, history bias coming through that i was giving at cubic because i honestly cannot believe how good this episode is and just the fact that we had so little to pull apart from it is my god really <laughs> yeah like I, I compare it to what is the baseball one swings at home homer, homer at bat homer at bat yeah that's amazing yeah like i've like, like that's definitely cubic for me because it's just it's a bit more of it's got a story to more it. story and there's more heart. And, and also, like, I can there's quotes that, that I use. I don't use any quotes from this episode at all. Like, it's great. Like, it's, I don't have any complaints with it at all. But in terms of Simpsons episodes that I carry with me through my life, this is not one of them. Well, Holy shit. Okay. certainly scum compared to Krusty. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know. I was, you I see know how you scum. scum. Yeah. <laughs> I've also brought, I think I might have need to get one of those defibrillators because Elliot's not looking great. Nah. Okay. Averaging out, this will be a doll cubic zirconia and we'll be joining Homer versus Patty and Selma, which is doll cubic zirconia, I can understand. But we'll also <laughs> be joining Bard of Darkness, which is another doll cubic zirconia where our third guest, I was like, what the fuck? Why are you giving this gold? Bart of Darkness is the rear view window one. Bart breaks his leg and... Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Rear window, rather. Yeah. Oh, with Flanders kills his wife. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the third episode from season six to be getting that. 
my God, this is astounding. <laughs> Had you already filled out the form? Is that why you're so troubled? <laughs> there were, yeah, I did have to cross out. I no, just, just imagine from an episode we had nothing but praise for, he's finding it uh, surprising. Yeah, look, it's a shiny, shiny, shiny gold. Yeah, as we say, gold is a good rank. It's an excellent rank. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Uh, it, Maybe we'll call Jordan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please feel bad tomorrow and then 3 a.m. the next <laughs> we'll, day. We'll, we'll conference call Jordan. Jordan and be fine. But again, it's that question of what is cubic zirconia. And it's changed definitions for us a few times. We used to say essential. I think for us, it's largely to become when we genuinely cannot believe how good the episode is. But again, it does kind of shift and what it means to be cubic at, a, at 101% is, is difficult to nail down. I thought it was fucking very easy in this instance. <laughs> so did I, man, but I well, understand the, the direction. I this would, is why I have a panel. I <laughs> would like to thank Cyberquist Studios for having me for what will apparently be the last time. <laughs> hey, we love discourse. That's Nothing true. worse than a bunch of people agreeing with each other. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, we're going to get discourse for this one. <laughs> All right, guys, well, look, that does it for the Simpsons Index for this week. But before we get out of here, we'd just like to quickly mention things that we're into lately. Books, TV, film, music, movies. What are you into, BT? Uh, I've been watching The Witcher on Netflix. It's quite good. Yeah? Maybe it's just exactly the kind of thing I need right now. You know, a little bit of fantasy but with a little bit of lighthearted fun in it as well. But I'm having a very good time. So I do like how they put it together. It's a little hard to follow in the sense that three plot lines are happening at different times, but it doesn't actually tell you that. You kind of have to figure it out. And uh-huh. there's also a flair. And, from one, and like, like from one episode to the next, entire years could have passed, and you don't quite know that until someone says, oh, yeah, that happened a few years ago. Like, wait, no, that happened last episode. Oh, okay, because mm. he's, you know, got an incredibly long lifespan, and so for him wandering around the old, you know, this fantasy world, yeah, a couple of years just passed, and that's normal. But yeah, I haven't finished it yet. I've got one episode left, so unless they tank it completely and it was all just some kid's dream as he looked at a snow globe, I'm having a good time with it. All right, and Phil, what are you into? I've recently started playing a new tabletop miniatures game called A Song of Ice and Fire based on the George R.R. Martin books. Mm. It is. What he wrote? Uh, He wrote uh, this (laughs) sci-fiction book called The Giantest Cookie in the Universe. (laughs) Uh, Didn't he, wasn't he a feature columnist for Gigantic Asses? He was. Well, he, then he had his spin-off where he Feature went model. He went to Beards and Hats <laughs> okay. monthly. So yeah, that, yeah. that's where he really made his name. Less niche. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I've been playing that. It's a pretty awesome fun game. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly true to the theme and the characters of the books. So that's been a lot of fun. I've also been humming Toss a Coin to Your Witcher quite a bit in the last few weeks. <laughs> Toss a Coin to Your Witcher. Unfathomably catchy. I was reading Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. They got a bit preachy about halfway through, and they got a bit. Bored I've heard of it. that the big difference between the book and the movie is the movie's meant to be satire, oh. but the book isn't. The difference between the book and the movie is everything. Yeah. All right, and what I've been into lately, yeah, I've been getting into a podcast. It's yeah, it's called the Phone Hacks Podcast. It's two comedians, Mike Goldstein and Nick Kappa, and they get in a different comedian guest every week, and they go through each other's phones. They have this uh, wheel that they spin, which is. Either they go through draft tweets, notes, camera roll, or internet search history. And yeah, they just go through each other's shit. And it's hilarious. And like hearing comedians squirm as like they're opening up this stuff. And then the second part of the podcast is then they each get to do a hack where it's like can be like a Facebook comment or a private message to someone (laughs) and stuff. And yeah, so it's a lot of fun. And I was at a comedy club last year sometime and. Uh, played it with a few people and um, Rosie Piper where she went through my camera roll. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, it was 
awkward and fun. <laughs> so yeah. As long as it was fun. What's it called? Phone hack. Phone hacks. Yeah, cool. So yeah, they've got that wheel as well if you want to play it with your friends at home as well, if you want to get to know your friends in a way that, <laughs> that you probably don't. All right, guys. Well, look, that does it for the Simpsons Index this week. Thank you for joining us at home. Thank you for joining us inside Quest Studios. Thank you, Phil. Pleasure as always. Thank you, BT. No, ahoy. And I've been your host, Elliot Cherry O'Neill. That's all the mustard in the house. And just before we go, you short gold. Yes, gold. Thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash thesimpsonsindex or at simpsonsindex on Twitter and Instagram. And now please stay tuned for the bonus scenes. And, yeah. And we don't have a reputation justified. Oh, oh. No. But what about the singing part? That reputation's not available. <laughs> so it can't be justified. Nope. Justified. I mean, there justified. was one, but it wasn't interesting. Not interesting. <laughs> what was this episode called? Pray anything. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Oh, yeah. I'm about to say it anyway. Yeah. Like in this bit where I go. Yeah. I was about to imitate you before you did it, but uh, you're Go about for to it. No, I don't want to anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> and we are back. And we just watched season blank, episode blank, pray anything in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my cadences. They're so yeah. well known now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can only hear in this episode in yeah. that cadence. <laughs> Honestly, the word feel, like I... Does it feel... <laughs> Yeah. I've screwed that up for me now. But for the best, of the very best, you give cubic zirconia. <laughs> I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. <laughs> we need a soundboard of your cadences. <laughs> the Elliot 2000. Oh, wait. The Elliot 3000. Yeah. <laughs> how about these clowns in Congress? What a bunch of clowns. Because, yeah, especially in a football stadium, it should be like a persistent yeah, crowd exactly. sort of. And how hard is it to get one of your actors to cut their hands and go, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it sounds like you're making a coffee and swirling the milk around. <laughs> that sounds like you're drowning. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not a professional Foley vocal artist. Not yet, but your dreams can still come true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Never too late. He's the Michael Winslow of various sounds that you uh, that orbit sort around of the... sound like them. <laughs> Slightly offbeat Michael Winslow. <laughs> yeah. Meow. <laughs> What's that? A, uh, a race car? No, cat. <laughs> cat, race car, whatever you want it to be. Can't afford Michael Winslow's uh, uh, high <laughs> exorbitant price of $30 an hour, high BT. For <laughs> <laughs> $29 an hour. <laughs> Completely inferior product. And he'll wash your car. <laughs> hey, it gives or at least gig. for Breeze It. Which is today's sponsor. <laughs> for Breeze.